Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Sweat and Grime. To my right, you have Rick the Dick Valco. What's happening? To my left, you have Greg motherfucking Johnson. What's up, y'all? And to my right again, we have our guest who has agreed to introduce himself. Grant Charlick, Artisan Contracting. What's going on, Grant? Not much. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. So we have a special treat for you guys. I was thinking about you guys in the shower the other night. <laughs> oh, shit. That's exactly how it sounds. Except it isn't. So what I was thinking is what we use, like soaps and shampoos. A shaver. I I feel like is kind of telling about who you are as a person. And so the game tonight is we are going to first go around and guess what kind of person we all are. And then afterwards, we have to come out and say the kind of person we are. And to give you an idea of what I mean, I'll go first. So, So Greg... I'm convinced that your bathing routine is you actually have a a covered pool in your bathroom that is filled with bush light. (laughs) And, and, and I almost think of it as like one of those like Sparta movies where you have a robe and the robe falls to the ground and then you just casually walk into the Coors light or, or the bush light with with your, yeah, with the mullet just like dragging in in the bush light behind you. That's that's my guess. I'm going to have to say you're right. I, f- I feel like I've, I've fairly well <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> and then Rick, I feel like... I feel like you're a bar soap man through and through. Like, you put that shit on everything. There's You've never heard of conditioner? No. Nah. Like, there's no such thing as nah. even shampoo. It, it, I, would, I would even go a step to say the three-in-one is a, even overkill for you, sir. I feel like it's just bar soap everywhere in the beard, in the hair, yeah. and then you're just like, fuck it, we're good. No, yeah. don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. We all have to guess. And then Grant, I don't know you at all. And so this is totally yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're a a shampoo and conditioner man. Maybe like ivory soap. You know, a little fancier than just, you know, you know what? I take it back. Are you married? It's so whatever the wife buys, so it's probably got a little bit of a feminine scent to it, and and you're just good with that. But you probably take the time to pick out your own shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, that's, he doesn't know me, Greg. That's my guess. <laughs> Not at all. I don't know you at all. So, so that is kind of a taste of the game. And because Matt's not here, we're gonna shit on Matt for a second. 
Matt don't shower. Matt, no, I can, I can see Matt going one of two ways. So there's a very small portion of me that thinks it's Matt motherfucking Totten who's racing a thousand miles an hour all the time. He didn't. He ain't got time for all the specialty shit. He's got the the axe three in one. Just get the job done and go. Like there's a small portion of me that thinks that that is the tot. Tot's like the kind of guy's got toilet paper stuck to his shoe as he leaves the bathroom. <laughs> well, the other direction, and this is really the direction I lean to. The more I've gotten to know tot, I feel like tot doesn't just have a loofah. He's got like one of those natural sponges, <laughs> and he's got like four or five different beauty care routine products that he uses, and he really pampers himself. So that is my prediction on top, which we've got to wait till next podcast to, to really get the lowdown on that one. So that is how the game is played. So, Mr. Johnson, how, would you like to go next? How is this a game? Well, because you have to, like, we got to come I mean, clean I, afterwards. We got to see how accurate we were. Okay. I'm in. You, I, maybe, I, maybe this I, is a total fail of a no, game. No, I thought no, it would no, be no, fun. No, 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 no. I thought no, it'd be it, fun. It's completely fine. I feel like you have your own beard soap. And okay. Okay. there's probably a special bar of soap for, you know, your body. And then you probably have conditioner, but <laughs> that's, that's true. We are pretty, maybe that was, that was a low blow from the mullet man, but <laughs> that's, that's you know why some of us are more blessed with the yeah, golden no, I'm locks. Just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> you're a shampoo guy and uh, yeah, you got, you got your own flavor going on. There. Okay. All right. And Grant, I'm going to go with bar of soap. Okay, so Whatever. total opposite of what I guessed. Uh, no, Rick. Ooh, ooh, hmm. Rick's giving a little twinkle eye. <laughs> Does Rick bathe? <laughs> no, nope. I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking more like garden hose when he gets time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. There you, you know, go. Like fuck it, I'm in the garage. And it's not even like nice bar soap. It's literally no, that's like whatever's there. Linda's horses have yeah. their soap and, and Rick saying. just like you lather just, up with that shit. Oh look, the sprayer's <laughs> already on shower. Good enough. <laughs> nice. And what do you got for Tot? Don't leave Tot out. Uh, I think Tot has special ball shampoo yes. and possibly certain stuff for his armpits. Maybe like cuticle stuff that he puts on. I'm going to go sure. a step further. He's got special ball conditioner. Yeah. Like he's got ointment or something. Like, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> ointment. <laughs> like he's got something like really fancy that comes in one of those little glass jars. You got to unscrew the top. It's like nut paste. It's like herpy ointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, you're up. I'd have to say um, Greg's probably uses like Gojo as fucking shampoo <laughs> and conditioner. And uh, he fights the dog for the dandruff fucking shit. <laughs> um, you're just a train wreck, bro. I'm it, a train wreck? Yeah, you, you'd be like something that they'd use to clean the horse's sheath <laughs> kind of thing with that bald head fucking dick with the gay pride fucking towel. <laughs> Um, I don't know why you got a shit on my rainbow towel. You know, I'd, I'd have to say Todd's probably more uh, barbaric. You know, he could live in you the woods. So? Yeah, I think he could live in the woods for like two or three weeks without showering. Maybe use like a leaf to wipe his ass and he'd be content. I feel like he would until he got home back to his pampering regime. I think once his girlfriend got involved, he pulls out like the whole chemistry bag of cleaner. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. 
I just, I'd have to say Grant's probably a high dollar shampoo soap with a little scent of like perfume or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do I smell that good? You do, actually. Okay. You okay. Really I'll do. get right up on that oh. microphone. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You, okay. Make love to it. Bum bump it. All right. That's like the Ricky Bobby thing where he doesn't really know what to do with his hands. Yeah. yeah. Everybody does that too. By the way, that when they come in here, everyone's like, "How close do I, How close do I need to be?" Right up on that. You got to kiss. You want to tickle it with the lips. Got it. Yeah. All right, Grant, you're up, and you are coming in totally blind to this. You know, this is gonna be rough. So yeah, you, you know you what? Know nobody Anything but goes. To be honest with you, I'm not really up on all the uh, hygiene products like you guys are apparently. Shampoo you know? and conditioner? Yeah, what's well, that? We got you totally pegged around yeah. then. Yeah, you are messed Fuck. up with that. Yeah. I lose. I, <laughs> I don't even know the names that you guys are speaking of. <laughs> Nut paste? Yeah, what is this? I mean, yeah, you'll understand when, when I tell you what I use, so. Because I don't even know uh, the the trade names of these things here. Tank cream. Really? <laughs> That's what we were shooting for, tank cream. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? No. Well, <laughs> Boy, let me tell you what you're missing. <laughs> Brian's more into like the anus grease. That's right. <laughs> so, Brian, you got to come clean first. Well, hang on. He hasn't even finished his, like, he hasn't even started his round here. We got to give him a chance. He's actually got to participate because he oh, doesn't yeah. know shit. Well, that's, right. he, have well, a good, wild guesses. Wild guesses? These are all wild guesses. Yeah, wild, yeah, I mean, it's all I'd wild guesses. We don't com- know. Compare guys here. I mean, I would probably have to say. With the hair, I mean, Greg didn't have hair like that when I used to be around him, but so I don't know. I always grew this. I I grew this just because I could. I like figured out shit. I still have hair. I might as well grow it. Yeah, it's something new to him. So I don't think he's really up on any of the 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 stuff. Oh, so he's still kind of taming. Yeah. The, he hasn't the learned main. it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to know if both heads have a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's. Not something I want to investigate, but I would be curious to hear the results. It's a Greg. It's, a, it's like a Greg Chia pet. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of in the dark here, but I would say that uh, you know I'd have to do like a one, two, three, maybe almost. Who's going to be the most and the least here? You know, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, cleanest yeah, to the dirtiest go. is totally fine. Who's yeah. the dirtiest? The dirtiest. Well, plumbers usually aren't the dirtiest because they got to clean up pretty good. So, I mean, talking at work, or are we talking about? Post work. We're talking about post post work, post shower r- routine. This, this is Grant's podcast. He could. Run That's true. Yeah, you run work. however yeah. the fuck. You, there's yeah. you, do the, you, want. you can't lose here. So just take so all that pressure. pressure. You take all go, that pressure you off. Could, you go from here. You could go the dude that washes hands and good enough all the way up to power washer. Yeah. Wash your hand. What's what? <laughs> what are we talking about here now? Maybe don't get so close to that mic if yeah. you're struggling with the hand washing. You guys are washing your hands? <laughs> we do put our mouths very close yeah. to these things. There's been some dick beating on that thing. Jeez, oh, Pete's, man. So, uh, so it, it, Rick, let's start with Rick. On on a scale of one being super dirty, ten being clean, where would you where would you peg Rick there? Maybe like a four, I'd say, probably. So four to on the dirtier side. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Okay. Uh Mr. Johnson over here with the mullet. I'd say he's pretty clean when he comes home. Okay. After, after work. You know? So six, seven? Yeah, his are sheets we... are still white. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh Only because wow. my wife made I was gonna <laughs> say, if he was an unmarried man, we're gonna take that right back yeah. the other direction. Well, okay. I would okay. sleep Fair in enough. a tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love and, it. And then and then myself. Where where would I you don't put know. us? I'm the... kind of I'm 
mixed up with you here. We've got a lot of vibes going, you know? That's, you know what? I try to confuse the shit out of people. But yeah. I'd say pretty clean. Yeah, I'd say you might be the box. cleanest. Yeah. You're probably the cleanest. Okay. He, he is okay. a fucking prima donna. And you haven't met Tot, so, I mean. Yeah, he's dirty. I just found I a love ch- it. I showered <laughs> and I just found, found a chunk of dirt in my hair. Okay, so tells you so anything. maybe you're a five instead of a six. Back her down. Just letting you know. Okay, I fair enough. Really so now we got to come cleaning. You're there saying I need to come clean first. Yeah. Okay. So bar soap for the body because I'm I'm not that prissy. Now I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys that I have not dabbled with the the body shit in the loofah because there was a time back in the day where we dabbled, but you know bar soap's just easier. Right. And then with my shampoo, you do have to treat yourself. <laughs> and so I, I have, it. I knew it. I have some glorious coconut milk shampoo, and you you scrub that in the beard, and it's like you're, it's like you're muff diving in the beach. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it's glorious. Good thing that bottle lasts you a long time. <laughs> That's right. I was gonna say the only effect. It is funny. I was thinking about it the other night. Is like it used to be. A lot of shampoo up top and a little bit to clean the, the facial area. And now that's totally flipped to where it's a whole lot on the beard and then a little bit up top. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, what, what you got? What are we working with here? Well, I don't I'm, I, I don't want to plug anybody, but I kind of fell in love with Freedom Soap Company. It's a veteran owned company. Okay. And my wife got me hooked on it. Uh, do the bars come red, white and blue? Uh, no, they come in all different kinds of stuff. Mm. But. You know, it's good soap. It works. Yeah. So I go with the bar for that. And uh, this main here, I bought my, well, me, I was washing it with the bar for a while. And my wife was like, look, you got sticks and shit in there. You got to get them out. You were washing <laughs> your like your luxurious mullet with bar soap. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. I switched you and Rick and, around. And literally, I do have Gojo. <laughs> In the fucking shower. like That is awesome, Rick. You did call it. That's fantastic. And and I found this other stuff. It's like this dry pumice stuff. Like, I constantly, I'm dripping in grease always. So Yeah. Yep. That's what you use to wash your crack? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For a while, it was pretty much just fast orange the whole body and let it rip. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my wife convinced me to put in some stuff and, I don't know, you put it in there and it... The sticks fall out, so it works pretty good. So, I mean, so the stuff you don't even know the name of the stuff. Absolutely, it's like not. hoof and mane or yeah, something. It might be. <laughs> I can tell you that I was pulling a trans controller out of a car the other, or out of a truck the other day, and yep. I got burdock stuck in my hair, and that shit worked great. <laughs> wow, you take them. I to looked the like a dog aisle. that ran through a farm field. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this: Did she buy your shit at the grocery store, or did she pick it up at Tractor Supply? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. All right. So there's Greg down. Rick, it's time to come clean, sir. I'm a Costco fan. I use Costco shampoo, Costco soap. That's it. You condition? Fuck no. I I was going to say, I would would lose my shit if you admitted to using conditioner. No, I do not condition at all. That's for bitches. Well, calling it out. Well, hey. Okay. All right. It's like like beard butter in a comb or something. Okay. Grant. Final one. Come clean, man. What are you what are you working with? Dawn dish soap. Are you shitting me? Dawn dish soap? No. Nope. And that's that's full body hair everything. Yeah, everything. 
Well, 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 first, 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 first layer. Pretty How many oil slicks have you been involved in? Well, that's <laughs> that's actually just the, the final cleanup at the shop. It starts with the bear claw, yeah. you know, from the oh, Napa yeah. store. Bear claw is yeah, the but best I mix shit it, there is. I mix it with the green Dawn soap at the shop. Just really? To, yeah, so it's so not you do full well, What are you doing paw? in the shower? Blue? Yeah, blue. For blue, sure. Okay. How, how yeah. do you not know this? Jesus. I, I've never been one of those like fucking penguins covered in oil on a show. Like I, I am like one of the biggest fans of Bear Paw. You mix it with Don Dish soap? Works way better. Yeah. Nope. Dude, that stuff took nope. off like grease from third grade. Yeah. Well, I if you're not the dirtiest guy at the job site, then you know, yeah. you're doing something wrong. I get you. I get you. So Don Dish man. Try right? Hey, it's got a I mean, haven't you seen the commercial with the duck? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've never been covered in oil that I've ever oh, needed. Yeah. Dawn dish soap is my Dawn primary soap. cleaning agent. It's like shit. Grant and I know well, each other. You're not supposed to eat it, Rick. Well, you know, <laughs> in probably the dirtiest days of our lives. Yeah. Would you say you're dirtier now than when I first met you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were gas motors. These are diesel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love yeah, it. Yeah, I guess there's a little more grease rolling around and stuff yeah, we're playing with yeah. nowadays. Oh, yep. Boy, I didn't. Never would have guessed the Don Dish. And man, your perfect. hair has got such a perfect sheen to it in the lighting here. I mean, it's. I you never would have guessed put that it. In my mouth. Don Dish soap. Don oh, Dish soap. It's yeah. the best. Okay. So, how, what got you started on Don Dish soap? Uh, the wife didn't like all the pumice from the Gojo. Okay. So I was gotta get gotta get it off still. You know that. And then I just use like one of those foot brushes. Yeah. Like the crazy, like a deck brush, basically. <laughs> what are you What are you using that on <laughs> to get the shit off? You know, like the, the grease and stuff. My God, what happens in the shower with you guys? Oh, you well, too, Rick. I've used it. Yeah, yeah, Brian. If I, you haven't took wow. if you haven't took a shower with Gojo, you've not been dirty on a job. Yeah. Boy, you're pre Madonna. Like you if know it, who I'm starting if to feel related to. There's a mud puddle out, bro. You walk around it. See these men here? They walk through it. Yeah. See, I'm starting to really relate to that that guest on we had a couple couple nights back. The the neat and tidy guy. Yeah. I, I relate, man. Mm-hmm. I like being neat and tight. It is true. Like when it. you get out of the cab of that excavator, you are dust free. So I'm going to tell you, one of the things I have always respected about Europeans is they take their shoes off when they get in the cab of their machines. Are you kidding me? No, they got those fuckers. They got carpet down. They got carpet in the floor of their excavator and they have their little work boots and they, but they're slip-ons. So they wear like the hush puppy types. And so when they get in the cab, they slip those off. They got the clean carpet there. You're in there operating in your socks, all comfortable. <laughs> like, true professionals. We right? love it. When Brian's out on the job, dude, and it's time to get dirty, and he starts getting dirty, I slowly make my way back over there just to watch him struggle. <laughs> well, that, and then and, and he's like a, he's like the fucking family dog where he gets covered in mud, and he's like, oh, I need to jump in the excavator and move something. You're like, God damn it, Rick. He yes. rolled all over the seat. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> We had a kid start this year early in the spring, and uh, first time he'd get his boots dirty, he'd be over at the truck trying to clean them off, and you're like, listen, dude, you might as well just leave that on there. Yeah. That's just like a sampler. That's that's right. That was just to get to the equipment. Yeah. So, Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was a fun little game. I thought it was a fun little game. You know, it didn't go quite how it did in my mind, but I still thought it was a good time. It reminds me like the first time we played a game. (laughs) What? (laughs) Boy, the innuendos that are are going are making me uncomfortable right now. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that you were thinking of me in the shower. The fact that you're undecided. Well, Brian was obviously happy when he was thinking of you, Greg. (laughs) You know what? 
I'll steal a line. So you're telling me there's a chance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant, tell us a bit about yourself now that we've now that we know your shower routine. <laughs> yeah. The only way to do it. That's right. Um, you know, I've uh I uh, started off uh, my mom I kind of your parents are the first thing. Obviously, my mom's a real estate agent, my dad's a mechanic. He was a mechanic for General Motors and Ford and uh but not at the same time. Not at the same time. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Ford first, then GM. But uh, I went to a private uh, school and then went to uh, public after that and then uh, decided I was going to go to college for uh, civil engineering and uh, made part way through that and decided that wasn't for me. And uh, after that, I got an internship with a construction management company and uh, worked my way through there. Uh, about the time I was became a superintendent for him for a couple years and then... Uh, uh, Skanska was the name of the company. So big construction management yeah. company, casinos, hospitals, yeah. school districts. And uh, uh, economy started falling apart. They wanted me to move out of the state and uh, kind of started my own thing. I've always done my own thing. Like in high school, I had a tractor and I do grading and stuff like that. But full time, like 100%, like that was my living uh, was, uh, you know, like 2010-ish or so, you know. Okay. So you've been at it for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, man, that's been a wild ride after that. We've done... Pretty much everything, literally. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie. Greg talks you up as like the Bill Nye, the science guy of the dirt world. Like, he's like, this guy. He's a one-man wrecking crew. And he knows his shit. I did tell him he knows his shit. He, he does know his he shit. He knows his shit. So, so, tell us a bit about what you think in your mind makes you unique in the dirt world. Well, I mean, pretty much with everything I've ever done, I've tried to just teach myself, meaning that, you know, I don't really go seeking other buddy, you know, figure out, you know, if we're going to put water main in, Hey, I mean, how hard can it be? Figure it out. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I haven't learned. So everything that I've pretty much done, I've taught myself, you know, yep. and obviously in the world we live in with the internet, social media, it gets a little easier, but there's no videos on how to put water main in, obviously, sure. you know, so yep. you got to learn a little bit under, uh, circumstances, but, uh, you know, I think that's what really can, you know, I just look at things a lot differently sometimes because I honestly don't know. Yeah. Figure it out on your own, you know? That is not a bad approach. So I was going to say that's actually, in my mind, a huge advantage in the dirt world because one of the things that we are really f struggling with as an industry right now is the adoption of new technologies, mm -hmm. uh, getting out of the same old ruts that the industry is just stuck in. Mm -hmm. And and water main's a great example. By God, by God, when we put in water main, you do it this way because everybody's yep. done it this way. Out of the box thinking is, you know, what I've seen out of Grant my whole life is, is everybody does it this way. And then when you ask them why you do it that way, they're like, well, well that's, that's how you do that's it. That's how you fucking do it. it. And I don't think since I've known Grant, he's kind of been blazing his own fucking trail the yeah. whole time. <laughs> like, so you're carving in roads, from what I understand, with a D9. Not roads. I mean, I, I uh, you know, we started. So when I started, or we're getting right into the excavation, obviously. But when I started, uh, you know, uh, I had a full-blown cabinet shop. So when I was in college, that was what my passion was, was building cabinets and woodworking and finished woodworking, planers and joiners and bandsaws and all that. And, uh, How many fingers do you have? All of them. <laughs> all Perfect. So you were decent at it. I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went that route, and then uh, when I quit working for uh, Skanska, we started doing residential remodels, siding, roofs, stuff like that. And then uh, you know, then we started 
additions and get a little uh, closer on that microphone we started oh, there, oh yeah oh there she is oh, man. don't force it welcome <laughs> to the show grant <laughs> um we easy, started doing easy, that it's his first time yeah. right yeah i know he didn't he didn't have that jaw drop like right. you're supposed to <laughs> we started in like the residential world and then uh slowly but surely we built up doing commercial then we were doing industrial and then we were doing prefab prefab steel buildings big buildings you know 30 yeah. 40 thousand square foot buildings and then kind of out of necessity, what ended up happening was we were, you know, I was generaling all the jobs. So that's one thing that, that's kind of unique to me is I, I don't subcontract for anybody. We'll take the job and I'll do the whole thing. We're going to do the electrical, the plumbing, we're going to do the footings, the dirt work. And so in the beginning, obviously we weren't doing the dirt work. And so we'd hire people and I'm thinking, good God, like the amount of money these guys are charging, you know, I was a little naive at that point, but, uh, um, so then we started doing our own dirt work and then, uh, you know, that started to, uh, I don't really last in things. I, my, my, my attention span's pretty short, you know? So once I figure it out and we've got it down pat, then the I'm, challenge is gone. I'm on to the next one. Yeah. Screw it. We're yeah. done. So we started in the dirt world and then, uh, you know, so we started basically just doing private stuff, commercial, industrial, and, uh, it kind of coincided with building steel buildings. So we would build the building and we do all the site work, put in all the storm and everything like that. And then lately we've got into like municipal road building and underground, you know? So what made you decide to general the whole thing and not subcontract out? That's a, you gotta That's be a, a task, jack of man. a lot of trades. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the challenge of it. Number one, number two, um, I don't really I'd rather do it the way I, I see fit, you know, and, uh, you know, basically, you know, around for what I do, you can control your own schedule. You can control your, I'm not waiting to get paid from this other guy that's got to get paid. Yeah. So, um, or but, waiting on the guy to show up so you can start. Sure. I mean, yeah. I've ended up into, I bought gutter trailers, spray foam machines. If the guy doesn't show up the first day, then I'm You're calling it. Huh? I just opened a new business. Yeah. yeah. We're spray foaming today, boys. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what and How that's do we work this thing? I don't know. Turn it on. We'll figure it out. That's happened quite a few times. I, I know that out of you. <laughs> So, yeah, I just hope the subs show up because I don't want to open asphalt companies or anything. <laughs> no, no, you don't want another be, expenditure. You wouldn't be opposed to it though. I, if I have to, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I was telling Rick the other day uh, when I told him you were going to be on. I was like, one time I think it was a the guy that did curb didn't show up, and you were like, fuck it, buying a curb machine, bought a curb machine, boom, yeah, yeah, because we were kicking it around for a minute, and he's like, I. <clears throat> Do you know Grant? I don't fuck. I don't know Grant. Like he's got a curb machine for sale. Yeah. Is like, it still for sale? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Could we demo it? Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try it out for like I was half kicking, a mile? I was kicking it around. He's like, my buddy Grant's got. Until, he's got a lot of things for sale. Yeah, see, that's the fucking dangerous thing about Rick is Rick will start flirting with that whole idea. I'm like, God damn it, Rick, we don't know how to run a curb machine. I'm not. I'm Grant, not the did you know how to size, run it? But I will hold on. Right? I don't know how to run a curb machine either. I mean, it put curb down, but. Right. Grant, did you know how to set up a curb machine when you bought it? Don't lie. No, I have no idea. I've never even Love been it. around a curb how machine. How did you learn it? I mean, there's just a lot of levers and buttons, you know? It's, there's only so many <laughs> That's combinations. That's what I'm telling you. So what, That's you get, why he is the MacGyver of the construction world. Man. He just gets her straight, calls the mixer, and... Well, I mean, <laughs> when, I, when he says I have a curb machine, I mean... It is a curb machine, but I mean, it's... Anything that I own, you, you know, I'm going to have to run it because there's... 
uniquenesses to it, if you know what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> you got to start yeah. it with a screwdriver. You rigged the shit out of that yeah. thing. Yeah, okay. Well, most of the stuff that I buy, I got for a pretty good deal, and there was probably a reason for it, you know? Yeah. So if I get, you know, like... Uh, with that curb machine, basically, like this year, we used it for uh, industrial park, you know, it was all mountable curb and gutter. You don't need a lot of guys, basically, you know, brooming it right behind the machine, basically. This, but since we got a municipal, it's pretty hard. A lot of a lot of driveway drops, tight radiuses, stuff like that. So we actually bought one of those. I, I went to Con Expo a couple years ago and saw the curb rollers. Have you ever seen one of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are pretty sweet. And so we bought one of those this year and, uh, you know. Whatever it takes to get the job done, you know? So, I mean, I bought that curb, I mean, that curb machine, I think, huge Gameco, huge machine. I think I paid like seven grand for it, you know? So. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it has its uniquenesses to it. <laughs> every every time I do a job for Grant, he's like, hey, uh, you can just take your vac truck and take it over here and dump it. And I pull into this place and I'm like, is that a fucking hydro seed machine? <laughs> I call Grant. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's all. Yeah. We, we got one of those. If but you don't need touch it because if you push the wrong button, it'll eject <laughs> you. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, when did you get into hydro seed? He's like, oh, I had some hydro seating to do. So there you but go. I bought a truck. So yep. talk about your philosophy yeah, a, a little bit, truck, man. Because right? obviously you were touching on the dirt industry about how expensive the game is and everybody gets into it. And I've been under a different philosophy a little bit than most people. They just dive in balls deep, buying all this expensive equipment. And I'm more like everything I have, everything I have and own has to multitask or I don't fucking need it. You're kind of going at it. If I get a good deal on it, it goes to work. Yeah. I mean, so I guess multiple things. One, I try to never put myself in a position where we're doing a job where I get the job and I have to get a machine for that job. Yeah. I'd rather... Be on the lookout. Like tonight, I'm on an auction looking at different equipment. Um, I'd rather get the equipment and then I'll find a job for it, you know, for the most part. I mean, obviously, once you, you know, there's certain things that you can't do that with. But, you know, one of the main things that's done me well is I can fix all the equipment for the most part. I was going to say, you got to have the mechanical ability to own. Yeah, the so kind we have of stuff that we own. We have TIG welders, you know, bridge ports, lays, all that stuff, you know. So we'll make our own hydraulic cylinder rods. We'll get them coated. We'll, you know, I, last year we bought a line boring machine so no we can shit. clean up all of our stuff, you yeah. know. So in the summer times and, you know, fall, win, you know, fall, spring will work. And then in the wintertime, I pretty much, we do still do some construction. But for the most part, I uh, work on equipment, outfit trucks. I'll turn stuff too, you know, if I find a machine, like last year we bought a couple trucks, you know, fixed them up, whatever needed to be done. Turn around, sell them. Yeah. No shit. Whatever the, whatever the money's in, you know, and, and, and for me, I won't, I have never borrowed on a single thing for construction. So I will, if I can't buy it, we don't need it. So what are you shopping for right now? What am I? Oh, right now we're looking, uh, one of the things I need is, uh, like a sweeper truck, you know? Oh, with, that's right. Yeah, you were with, saying that before yeah, with the, the municipal work we do. Um, you know, we like we have a uh, our skids. We have like uh, Bobcat sweep uh, sweepster buckets, yep. so you know it sweeps it into the bucket. But um, which is fine if you're just trying to tear shit up, you know. But when you're trying to broom a finished road, you don't want to be scraping the fucker with the bucket. You right, know? right. So it's not. It's not a good idea. It's frowned know? upon. Yeah, you got to have a real Especially operator that, in there. Especially that brand new asphalt you just <laughs> yeah. put down, just yeah. run a loader bucket right across. No, it. you better be going forward. If you're going backward, you know, you get the rock under it. You don't want a nice drag mark down that brand new coat of asphalt, the top no, coat. No, oh. no. Well, we and I, I try, I try really hard. You know, one of the things I learned, obviously, working for Skanska, was like, uh, you know, you learn a lot about a lot of the 
different portions, but one of the biggest things was, you know, progression of the job, like how to control the job. You know, obviously when you're like right now, t- yesterday and today, we just had some finished paving done on a road project. And after that, you know, you're not doing that sort of stuff. You know, you're, you're making sure your landscaper gets in there. You're, you're a green guy, your sprinkler dude, that's doing the sprink, all that stuff needs to be done yeah. before that. Just so you're not in it, you know, drive by these jobs nowadays and they're doing the dumbest things you've ever seen in your life. You know, <laughs> they're driving down the sidewalk with a dump truck, scooping tops all the back to do the restoration, you know, the amount of stupid shit that happens because that's the way you do it in mm-hmm. our industry. Like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's unbelievable. So again, you almost have an advantage coming in, just figuring it out because you're naturally not going to go, well, this is the way you do it. You kind of go, how do I approach this the smartest way possible? Well, and obviously every time you do something, I mean, the first time you laid water main, you're closer to laying sewer, you're closer, everything you do, you know, builds on the next thing, you know, just Absolutely. Like first grade, second grade, third grade, you know, so you know, and a lot of guys just get, I've, I, in today's world, you know, you can make like, especially in the economy we've been in or up to whenever now, but, um, you can make a ton of money just putting in water main, you know? Yeah. But I've always played the long game on everything. And so, you know, obviously if things ever slow down, there's not enough water main to put in to just do water main. So you better know how to do more or something than just put in water main. No, and go sweep your roads, goddammit. Yeah, whatever we need to do. <laughs> put down some fucking hydro seed, do I mean, some curbs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever you need, you know. Just don't push that red button. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if and then obviously as we as years have gone by, we've we've, you know, got nicer and nicer equipment, you know, got nicer stuff, but you know, you start off with the piece of equipment that you can afford and work on it like we were we were talking before the show i mean i've literally been on jobs where i have snapped a scraper in half two pieces you know the front and the back and the front's still going yeah <laughs> and literally well, how do you snap a scraper yeah i mean that's i mean that well, is the question I mean, we're talking we're talking about the <laughs> scraper that i had so you know <laughs> the one i had was already there you know so that was, was the one it, it was ready to snap in yeah, half when yeah. you bought it yeah i bought two old international scrapers um and uh, from one from a retired guy, I think it was like in Northville, and uh, for like fourteen grand, literally. Worth, well, there you go. Scrap. She was already a minute oh, away yeah. from snapping. Yeah, <laughs> and we ran them for like three years, and uh, we were on a job. We were building sports fields, and uh, literally, the guy calls me and says, "Hey, we got a problem." I'm like, "Oh, okay, blue hydraulic line or something like that. Get over there." No shit, man. This thing was like a hundred feet apart from each other. And I'm like, oh my God, we're in trouble. Cause like I have deadlines, you know, they've got right. stuff coming and stuff, you know, he's got to open these fields. So we literally put those two pieces back on the trailer. I went back, worked all night long. And uh, I'm not saying it was the best scraper in the world after that, but it was a scraper the next day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it scraped dirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one now side might have been deeper the than the other. The cab <laughs> yeah. it, you were getting her close, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sort of ish. Not all the functions worked. It was just the ones we needed, you know? Right. <laughs> well, well there's only three functions on a scraper, and I feel like all three are necessary to make her run. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> we were towards the end of the job. <laughs> <laughs> But That's awesome. It. So where did you get all your fabricating skills from? You said your dad was a mechanic, but that doesn't really cross over and bridge over into the fabricating side. Mm, so I taught myself, you know, I mean, basically the reason why Greg and I know each other is uh, we used to do off-road truck stuff together, you know? Okay. So, uh, you know, that started off as just, uh, you know, I told my dad, I'm just going to go buy this truck, you know, and uh, put a <laughs> couple of tires, you know, before you know it, 
You know, you thirty know. grand deep in a oh, five thousand dollar truck. Yeah, I try, wish. Try half you, that, that yeah. heavy. Uh, pretty well. I mean, if you paid somebody to build yeah. the truck you build, what would it cost? I don't even know. I won't even me think about that. So let's no, go into this truck. What what is making this truck so expensive? Everything. So we we started off just uh, you know mud bogging, and it was you know we you know forty fours were huge back you know in the day. So then it got into all these tractor tires, and then. Bigger and bigger. Pretty soon, these tires are taller than me, you know. And then, uh, so you're not talking just a mud bog truck. We're talking borderline monster truck. By the end, yeah. I mean, yeah. by the end, okay. we were okay. That know, puts Grand's, it in perspective Grand's a little bit more. Was probably better than a monster truck. I would yeah. venture. Yeah, to we say. got kicked out of some events because we would because some guys. You, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bob Chandler gave me the middle finger. So, what's in this truck that is powering this truck? Because that's got to have some serious horsepower. Uh, at the end, I had the you know, same. Actually, it was the exact same motor builder, literally, that builds the Gravedigger monster truck. So this exact identical guy it actually came out of the digger shop. So it's fifteen hundred horse, methanol injected. Wow! I might put a couple of rotations in a tire. Yeah, that's a holy shit. So I mean, that's supercharged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Identical. I mean, it's literally the motor. I mean, I went down there. They have 140 of them. Feld does 140 of them in, in every monster truck. So I went down there because, I mean, the other thing I could say that I that is a benefit, I guess, is I, to everything that I've had an outlook on is I can look, sit back and watch other people do stuff and not have to do it on my own. You know? Yeah. I've watched a lot of the guys in that industry go and, Oh, I'm going to build my own motor and this race car guy can build it. And then boom, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm going to go to the guy that has 140 of them. He already has it figured out. Yeah. It's going to cost some money, Yeah, but no boom. Yeah. So, so, so how much do you think the truck would have cost you had you had someone build it? Probably half a million. No shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking all tube chassis, fiberglass body, you know. Um, and this is purely for the love of doing it. You're not getting paid off of this. Oh, I'm done doing it now. So I mean, I, I once I got to the point where there was, uh, there wasn't. Much, I mean, where else are we going to go? You know. So yeah. it was put over. rockets yeah, on it. Yeah, I mean, it. pretty much you were. You I, I think mud bugging is it. like let's put wings on it because it. Yeah. It, or put a turb uh, the turbine engine in it. There you go. Next challenge. Yeah. I mean, we, we went there. I mean, we, I helped, uh, we, you know, when we were doing it, the, the guy that I got a lot of the parts from, I would go to his shop and we would go through, you know, you know, building different parts for it. You know, he still sells parts to, to everybody. So yep. we, you know, he was doing it before I did it, but we, I would go out there and try to improve the shocks and different, you know, cause we're talking 30 inches of travel on a truck, you know, yeah, huge, you know, yeah. wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Greg was doing it too. I mean, nope. he didn't have his own truck, but I why mean, why haven't you told it. us about any of this, Greg? It's not important. He cut. He cut a lot. Like he laser cut a lot of the stuff I did. You know, yep. you got a laser cutter. That's how. Well, we used to, but <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of how Grant and I met. We were two minds alike, and he was building his truck, and I was building a truck for another guy, and I built quite a few trucks for a bunch of people, and it started out as a hobby for me, and it started out as a hobby for Grant, and then the next thing you know, we were just assholes deep in it and it was like yeah we well, were going all over the country you know so so i guess how do you i mean that's really got to be for the passion because you're never going to make a half million back no, there's no money in it none no. zero there's so no literally out. you were paying to have fun which you know, I, I mean that's honestly every if, believe it or not all i hobbies. mean that's, that's all monster truck guys 
Really? They're yeah. just paying out of pocket for they the They all fun. had money before they did it because there's it's it's just like anything else. It's like, you know, you ask a guy in a race car, how do you make a million dollars? Well, you spend five million on a race car. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's what so, it is uh, for everybody. I found that out about the tractor pull guys. I, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. how much do you get for this? Well, you know, if you win it, oh, like 800 bucks. I'm they're, like, they're, what? Hope, <laughs> they're hoping for a tax write-off out of it. Yeah. That's about yeah. it, you know? Does that yeah. cover your fuel for the runs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sweet Jesus, man. I mean, you, you, people would pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to show up to these events to come home with no money. Yeah. And busted shit. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and maybe potentially 60,000 in the hole. In repairs. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yep. So I was lucky enough to, you know, when I was doing it, it, you know, people saw what I was doing and a lot of guys stood behind me that were building parts. So I got a decent deal on a lot of the stuff. So it was, wasn't it? It was know. like 250. Yeah. Like, no. I mean, if it was 250, <laughs> I wouldn't have been building it. So, you know, when I originally started it, uh, I was building it, you know, this was way back, but I mean, I built it in my dad's side yard on cinder blocks, you know? Oh. So by the time I was done, I had it in my own shop and stuff like that. But so do you still have the truck? No, I sold it, um, uh, three years, two and a half, three years ago now. And that was, that was going to be my next question is, how do you go about selling a monster truck? I mean, there's a ton of people. The industry, I mean, when you get into a, it's almost like uh, a small cult, I guess I would call it, you yeah. know? there's a, Everybody knows every truck. Yeah, I mean, if you, you had a tight knit community. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Grant, and obviously, Grant Facebook. had his truck on t shirts. Like people wear his t shirts around that used to yeah. have his truck on them. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is, do you have the t shirt? What, what was this saying on it? No, it's not that one. Okay, all right. No. Okay, Greg was no, telling me about I was, a t-shirt. I was telling him a story about Keegan. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, give her the dinner shirt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Give her the dinner. Yeah. yeah. So okay. All right. All right. No, no my truck. A, he had an actual picture of his truck. of his truck on a shirt. On a shirt. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'd go around to like towards the end. I would go around to fairs, so we'd run at like fairs and stuff like that. You know, but. Uh, once the challenge, you know, the, I built the truck and for almost two years, we broke nothing. You know, we wow. go out and jump 15, 20, 25 feet in the air and nothing broke, you know? Wow. So, you know, it got to, uh, you know, changing parts and oil and things like that. And, uh, you know, then it wasn't. Then it, it was, was boring. A, it was a boring. Yeah. yeah. That's, where most, that's where most people are trying to get. And I'm like, well, this is over with. Yep. I get that, though. I'm the same way. Once you've kind of crested the mountaintop. You're looking for another mountain. Yeah, like, it scares this one's me old. at this point in my life, literally. No joke. It because I mean I know I just lose concentration on it. Because from here it's F one or fighter jets. I mean, well, no, just with anything <laughs> with with work or whatever. You know, I mean, I eat, sleep, breathe. I mean, literally, I I work a hundred plus hours a week every week. I'm I'm married, but I don't have any kids. Yeah, and uh, so it's always the next thing. You know, what are we gonna do next? It's got to be. If we're gonna build a building, we need to build a bigger building. If we're gonna, you know, uh, so. And I just, that's just the way it is, you know, I'm not doing it for the money, yeah. obviously, you know, but, uh, yeah. So the truck thing kind of sputtered out. It's still going. I just went to, uh, I went to Dan's house the other day it, to the bog, you yeah, know, and saw I, that. I saw that they planted you in an excavator. How yeah. ironic is yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Go out there. You used to be the guy racing. Now you're the guy ripping yep. the people out of mud. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I went, we went out there and I, I watched it still. I still like, you know, seeing it being around it, you know, seeing what everybody's doing now, but. There was only so far it was going to go, you know? Yeah. It was about at the limits when you got yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, it started getting crazy. You couldn't sustain it, you know? As far as keeping up with the top guys, or what do you mean there by it was hard to sustain it? It, it, well, it, it mean, was kind of like the, uh, at least this is the way I look at it. Once you built an airplane, 
what else are you going to build after you? So we started out with maybe like a kite. Then we moved into an yeah. airplane. Then we had a fighter jet. And it's like, what comes Where after we go a fighter jet? Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, you know, once the Blackhawk was built, right now all of a sudden they're retiring it and they're like, yeah, we don't need to do that anymore. That right. was stupid. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it got to the point where you're going out there every weekend. Oh, you jumped a bus. Let's jump two buses. How about three buses? And it was like, well, where does this really end? You yeah. Know? I mean, it was, and like I said, the fun was just over, you know, for me at least, you know. So, what prevents that from happening in your mind with the excavating business? <laughs> that's why I think he said. That's yeah, why, that's why he said he was scared. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's happened to pretty much all the stuff I've done in business. So you're going to have to shift careers here pretty quick. The only guy. Well, I've said this, and I mean, would you consider yourself a large excavating company or a small excavating company? No, we're extremely small. So okay, I mean, how extreme. many small excavators do you know that has a D nine? Well, that's yeah. So that so you own a D nine. We really need to for the dirt guys that listen. We need to get into that. You own a D nine. <laughs> And yeah. this is not like a. Th- this comes back this to is not a mechanical ability. Eighty-two D nine. This is like a legit no. monster out of a pit D nine. Yeah, it's a nine R. So it's uh, pushes like a motherfucker. It does. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. How yeah. did you end up with this D nine? Because uh, you don't buy nothing on credit. So I had a job that somebody was asking me to do. It was so a, if you want to make it easy for you, get comfortable in your chair and then just pull the mic to you. All then right, you have to, right, then right, you stop yeah. fucking with it. Yeah, then we don't. There you go. It. Look just at you. So That's big. what I was saying. Settle it was so there. difficult about the rocking chair because sometimes I want to lean back. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, for rock. the audience, Greg is like an old babushka sitting here. We have a rocking chair as one of our official podcasting chairs, and Greg is rocking. <laughs> pun. Just the rocking chair. Rocking. And so as Greg gently fades in and out of the podcast, it's because he is rocking in his rocking chair. Would, would you like a comfortable sweater to wear? Exactly. He's going to be over there next podcast. He's going to have a couple knitting needles and <laughs> yarn ball beside him. We're going to come away with some washcloths. <laughs> how, how did you acquire this D9 there, Grant? Uh, wow. So we were looking for a bigger dozer and, uh, you know, I found one. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I really probably should have been in like the six range, you know, which, uh, we have a D six too, but, um, that ended up, uh, coming across an auction block that I was looking at literally had six pictures. Um, couldn't even make out. It was a nine, you know? Um, but part of the serial number was kind of exposed on one of the pictures, you know? So I had a buddy at, uh, that works in the Michigan cat world uh, pull up and what he thought it was, and I figured out where the machine was. and Because uh, they don't really tell you on the auction. They just say yeah, it's uh, somewhere in this county, basically, you know, because they yeah. don't want you contacting the directors, the seller directly. Gotcha. So it ended up being on Zug Island, which, from, and, you know, if you're not from, like, the southeastern Michigan area, it was, uh, like, a like the worst place in the world, basically. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, one of the most contaminated areas in the Plumbers yes. call it the armpit of Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Ugh. it's, like, an island uh, um, that, you know, has been a lot of things, but... Uh, Pure toxic waste now. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that when I went down there, but uh, it's actually closed up now, actually, I think. But Oh, uh, is it really? The steel mill closed down. Gotcha. So it was actually owned by the steel mill, and uh, so I bought it and, uh, you know, I think we paid, uh, I think paid 50 grand for it actually. <laughs> for a D9. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I knew, yeah. I knew how many hours were on it and stuff. So I got down there, you know, I'm excited, you know, we get down there and then uh, I'm like, oh, I'm in way over my head because I realized they, you know, then I got down there and the guy's telling me, oh yeah, the transmission's locked up and the final drive's wasted. It locked up on the rail line. We pulled the axle shafts out of it, pushed it over there. And then where, the, where it's at in this place, 
Uh, it's a steel factory, actually. And so the, it locked up on the rail line where they were moving the steel carts. Yep. So they just like full send abandoned this thing into a pile of mud. <laughs> and it was sitting there for like three years. No shit. And the problem was you can't, like, you got to go to like three days of safety meetings just to set foot in this place. Yeah. And where it was at, there's rail overhead and, un, you know, overhead and at ground uh, rail lines. And so this dozer goes under like with removing the ROPs and everything like that goes under the rail line by like an inch. Wow. So you can't put it on a trailer there. It's got to go out on its tracks. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, once they sell you something in auction, they don't give Your a problem shit. Now. Yeah, exactly. Can't be, you know, can't bring anything in there tool wise or nothing. They but won't you, let you bring tools. I could just see you. You were like, this is the challenge. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I was, it. I was literally, cause I mean, once you buy it, now you remove it. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking when I get there, I'm like, we're removing this thing and not in a bolt at a time here, you know? Cause, and so anyways, we got out there and looked at it and, uh, you know, I don't know if it runs. I don't know anything. All I knew from Michigan cat was I had roughly this many hours on it this many years ago. Okay. And so we got there and put batteries in it, fired right up. No problem. You know, uh, axle shafts were gone out of it. They told me that. So we got looking down inside the final drives. Oil's brand new. I can see the final moving. We put the axle shafts back in it and it's locked up. Won't move, you know, not a inch, you know. Wow. Pulled the axle shafts back out. Look at it again. I'm like, there's no reason for this. You know, I mean, there, it doesn't make any sense. Put the axle shafts back in. Now, in that big of a dozer, you literally got to tear the seat. Like you can get down inside the right. dozer from inside the cab. Yep. I don't have no manuals for it, no nothing. We just start pulling things, doing, doing, you know, where does this go? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, long story short, uh, a bolt fell out of the brake pedal linkage, literally. And the brakes fail on. So if you're driving down the side of a mountain, yeah, and that it's happens. Gonna lock up. Locks up. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. No shit. So you got a D9 for 50 grand because a bolt fell out of the brake linkage. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, we actually, in the bolt, I stole from him in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> so That is awesome. So what was reaction from everybody after you're driving this thing out? I'm pretty sure the guy got fired, literally, you know? I mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, cat. So when you look back at the cat records, that's what they told them. This thing's junk. Really? Well, I mean, so the dozer has five fifty two hundred hours on it that's nothing yeah off a full cat rebuild and they just put a brand new undercarriage in it too so they put like hundred and ten thousand dollars into a brand new undercarriage in it and that's by itself is what like a three-quarter million dollar machine yeah it's probably three-quarter million right now unbelievable and you got it for 50 grand because a fucking bolt fell there are so many failures in the chain of command that happened for that to re i mean i'm i'm thrilled to death for you sure uh but sweet awesome. Jesus, how do you fuck up that bad? Like on I Kat's mean, I, part, they, uh, on their part, like yeah. But you got to look back, and they the, the the guy called the appropriate cat people. They came out. They were like, eh, "Oh, that's a that's a huge well, the, fail on on Kat's the guy, mechanics the part." Guy, the guy from the maintenance department's like, "Yeah, this thing broke down at like three a.m. on Sunday morning." So, you know, the guy that went down there was probably the the lowest low, of the low, low on yeah, the totem pole, and he's like, "This thing's broken. Pull the axle shafts." They drug it out of the way with the loader. So yeah, after, after that happened and I got it running, I was like, cause at that time, yeah, frost laws were still on, you know, so you can't move anything heavy yeah. and it's on an Island. You can't get it off the I, Island. 
So I'm like freaking out because I'm like, now that, you know, these dudes are pissed. Yeah. I'm driving out of here with a million dollar bulldozer. They literally paid like 900 and some thousand dollars when they bought it. Oh, I believe it. They put a brand new undercarriage in it. Yeah. And uh, it sat there for three years, you know? Wow. So we end up sitting there. I mean, this is in the where I was actually afraid the thing was going to burn down because it's in between two gigantic There's a pile of pallets like a hundred feet tall next to this thing. With sparks flying out the top of the stack, you know? So, like, we couldn't get the thing moved fast enough, you know? Yeah. And But it worked out real well, and we used it on, uh, we've done, I don't know, mainly, it, you know, we're doing pit reclamation with it, you know? Gravel pit reclamation. So, we've done two of those now. And then, but I mean, it's actually a sweet setup because it's uh, 14 foot wide, so you can actually move it with just a single escort. Really? So yeah, we we've got uh if you get a driver in a company that'll move it for you, Greg knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> um you can Certain get it moved. Somebody. Yeah, you can get it moved, uh, and it's and it's not crazy. You don't have to put the take the cab off or nothing. Wow. So, well, it, if you need a guest operator, you let me know. Yeah, because I've been trying to get one of those big bees for a while. It's uh, it definitely uh it's it's pretty smooth to run, you know. Oh, I'd imagine when when you've got that much moving weight. Uh, it's, it makes for a smooth ride. Fuck. I was out there at your place, Greg, on that D six H. Yep. That's the first time I've been in an older dozer in a long time. And I forgot like they're loud as fuck, oh, yeah. but they are smooth. Like they're just, like yeah, you don't feel any of the whoopties or anything. They're just smooth running machines. Cause they're, they're so fucking heavy and you've got that big old long track. What'd base. you have? You had a six, what? 6H. Okay, you have a 6H too. Yeah, beautiful machine. Yeah, if you drive that, if you ride in this, it's a different, it's a different ball game. Well, you, went from, you, you went from that to a Komatsu 61. Yeah, it's a D61. Yep. And and yeah, it's you definitely take a huge step forward in technology and fuel economy and efficiency, but it don't push like that 6H. That no, 6H. Yeah pushes when the cat salesman came out there because they they they're constantly been calling me trying to buy it for me you know the nine yeah oh yeah. i bet yeah because yeah. they know what a honey of a deal you got yeah they found out that i had it so they've been out there you know all the pits wanted and stacking machines for the pits and stuff yep but he came out there and i showed him uh, how we brought it into the the 21st century because I, I think it's a it was a cat rebuild machine so they updated a lot of stuff but uh, a couple years ago we bought some trimble stuff so i welded uh a uh, piece of threaded rod on the side of it, and we spin the rover top on top Hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you know, and then you're clamping it on the uh, the neutral safety thing over here to be yeah. able to see where you're going. You know, so. so, so you've brought this thing up with with Trimble now. Well, uh, my version of Trimble, yeah. Oh, oh, so it's not even the official Trimble. It's, it's no, I mean the- it's Trimble, but I mean you know uh, most people, you know, there there's so. I, you know what a rover is, right? Yep. So just the stick with the rover deal on it. So what I did was I just took and uh, <laughs> welded it onto the side of the blade, threaded my rover onto it, and then you take <laughs> your rover screen awesome. <laughs> inside, you know? So. That is the most jankety ass, like, trembles, but it works. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got a lot of surveyors, actually, that to get, like, rough topo, they'll actually do that to, like, a side-by-side. Yeah. Yeah, because all you need is the measurement from the bottom of the rod down to the bottom of the blade. Yep. And when you're hogging with a D9, who gives a fuck if yeah, you're I an mean, inch or so off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it'll get you close. Yeah, and that's with a D9, that's what you're shooting for. Absolutely. It's close. So you don't have blade tip selection. You've just got where you are. Well, you got the left blade tip. Left blade tip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, man, how long have you had this thing now? I'm guessing about three years now. Well, wow. We've had that about three. 
Well, she's increased in value now. With the uh, yeah, has. the used equipment market. My yeah. God, no wonder they want yeah, to buy it from The hard thing you. with that is when you have it, you know, you're like, uh, why the hell am I doing this with a six when I have a nine? Yeah. But then you just got to really pay attention because if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not smart enough to think about what what is it going to cost to replace this? Yes. You could really, I mean, what am I going to lose? I don't have that much into it. But, you know, ultimately the value of the machine, if you're pushing with a $100,000 undercarriage when you could be doing it with a $20,000 undercarriage, you're, yeah. you're, you're really being stupid yeah you really have to when you start operating at that level you got to calculate okay what is my real cost to to move it to run it and then the wear and tear i mean on the in machine. today's world though for me at least it's just time you know so i can get it done in a lot less time yeah you know fuel burn ultimately as long as you're pushing the way you should it's about the same you know is it really yeah i mean yard per yard you know yeah i mean you're if you're gonna move that much dirt you know yeah you're burning significantly more fuel but you're also pushing five yard. times the amount of dirt right yeah 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 the biggest thing is you if you get into those big machines like if it had a wider blade then the blade would have to come off every time yeah you know so Literally, actually, one of the jobs they were we were doing the road out in front of my shop. They were doing fifty nine, and while it was under construction, I couldn't bring the dozer back because I couldn't get to my shop through the construction zone to get permits to be able to haul it back. You know? Really? So I just had to sit on a job. Yeah, sat on the job for quite a while. So, so how frequently do you find yourself using the nine now that you own a nine? I mean, he just weeded his flower bed with it the other day. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, and I, yeah. I feel like I would be like, well. I got to regrade the driveway. Might as well pull the nine out of the yeah, shop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't take it to the coffee shop or anything. So, yeah. uh, no, I mean, we use it maybe like once a year. I mean, lately at, well, I mean, one job a year, basically, you know, if I can find a job right now, uh, I probably won't be using it for a little bit because the fuel burn on that. Th I don't even want nothing to do with a big site job right now because yeah. I don't, you're not going to make any money trying to push just, thousands just of yards. Just diesel fuel. Yeah. yeah. Just the price of fuel and oil and everything else, you know? Yeah. Here but, I am just pushing as much dirt as I can right, right. this minute. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, you don't have to think. You probably already know the figure. What's it cost you to run that sucker a day? Roughly. You're talking like fuel or you're talking about like recovery for all the parts or what? Uh, Mostly fuel, but also if you kind of factor in your wear and tear, your maintenance shit, what, what's it kind of cost you to run that thing for a day? So on that machine, I haven't gone through and done any of the, you know, wearable parts on it, you know, yep. but, um, and the good thing with machines of that size are, you know, you can actually, or any machines really, if you really know what you're doing, you can actually get some replacement parts for decent cost. Cause in, in it, you know, people just throw the dozer away, you know, yeah. once they, once they run the frame hours on it, you know, yeah. or the motor goes at a certain point, they just get rid of it. But yeah, which I have multiple machines where I've got another one sitting in the yard. If I see for, one go for, for parts, yeah, we'll just go rob the parts yeah, off. Scavenge. Yeah. Um, but it'll burn 180 gallons in a day. Pretty easy. So if you're running like a 10 hour day, you're probably consuming, you know, 15 to 20 gallons an hour. Damn. That is a lot of fuel. But, yep. but at the same time, you're moving dirt. By yep. God, that will shove a lot of dirt around. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you have to make it worth it, but, um, you know, at the jobs I was doing it, it was big gravel pit jobs. I mean, we've used it for stumping a ton because you can literally pull up to a 36, 48 inch oak tree stump and, and just pop it right yep, out. It's gone. Fuck, I want to run one of those big fuckers. Yeah. Well, next I time. told you, I'd like, if if I didn't get that Komatsu, Grant was going to be my next yeah. call. Oh, well, well, I'll tell you one did thing. Did I tell you the Komatsu broke down? <laughs> <laughs> you, What I've learned, my, the, you know, uh, when you get something that big, you don't go anywhere near something soft. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah, what are you going to pull it out with? Yeah, well, I found out a couple years ago, so, I mean, a lot of stuff. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, we uh, we were doing a pit job, a pit reclamation job for a school district in Michigan here, and we found their uh, silt pond. Ooh! So the, Ooh. the engineer designed the uh, retention basin right over top of it. Yep. And it was getting soft, but I was moving a lot more dirt than the excavator was, so we were going to chance it. And uh, it was probably, what was it? These are Friday night or Saturday night. It was getting dark, and it was in August, so it was probably 9 o'clock at night, you know? That's when it always happens. When yeah. it's dark, you All can't... the guys left. I yeah. sent them all home, and then all of a sudden, uh, we can't got... see it sink. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to... I mean, we're... I'll show you a picture of it. Uh, the retention pond, was. It's, it's gigantic. I mean, it's huge. It's like 30-foot wall on the side of this thing. Holy Man. shit. Yeah, huge. And it's all, like, perfect sand, you know? Yeah. Until it's not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... I, I filled the blade up about halfway, and then you know you feel like your track spin a little bit, and you're like, "Oh, what was that? Pick that up a little bit." Yeah, and that was the end of it. That was uh, it was done. You're, yeah, well, that's a problem with the big ones because yeah, they for, go, buddy. Well, for those who don't know, it's not like you have an LGP or a wide track package. They're just I mean, the, fucking narrow tracks. This, the, no, well, I mean, this dozer has a sweet package on it, so it's got like 30 inch wide pads on it, so it's a pretty that's wide really? pad for a nine. Yeah, yeah, because they were actually using it to push. Uh, um, iron ore pellets, you know? Huh. So interesting. I don't know why if they ordered it that way, but it it uh it actually floats it's got pretty decent, good. Decent pads. Yeah. I'll show you a video of uh you know, I have a video of me jumping on it and I should have known I'm it was just the matter of I need to get this job done. Yeah. And it was working yeah. until it wasn't working. Yeah. And then uh that I made some calls and I was like, Yeah, I mean it should you know, I just need a excavator to give it just a bump, a you know. Time. Yeah, and then it was all night long. We go back to the shop and get Quite a bit of, you know, and I had, we had, uh, oh, it ended up, I ended up with a, a D6, a Tachi 300, a John Deere 160, a 950 loader, and we had a hundred ton winch on the back of one of my big trucks. And How much we, does that nine weigh? Mm, with the counterweight stack on it and the blade, I think it's somewhere around like 124. And that's the problem is once you oh, bury yeah. that, it's just, you're oh, not yeah. only moving the weight of the machine, but all the mud that's packed around mm -hmm. it, all the shit that's stacking up as you yeah. drag it out. I thought I was calling the insurance company the next day. I was like, this is, this is going bad. You know, we were digging around it with an excavator, obviously. This is sinking. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, shut it off, shut it off. We're yeah. not going anywhere, you yeah. know? And uh, so literally, luckily I got able to dig under it enough where we jammed a mud mat under the ass end of it. And so it was it's, enough. Yeah. Well then, oh man. We had, it was, it was gnarly. I'm not going to say it wasn't gnarly, but I had bought, you know, the going back to the auction stuff. I had bought these like three inch cables, you know, and the auction picture, Oh, cables. You need to go get them. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my God, you know, these are huge, you know? And I would have not got it out without those cables, you know? No shit. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we ended up, I have a lot of old military equipment, like trucks and stuff. Yep. And we ended up with an old tank. It's, it's called an M920, so it's a like a tank hauler. It's what they used to haul tanks with. Oh, that's what you were showing me the picture of, the Oshkosh you were calling it? Uh, no, that's not it, is it? No? That's your big Oshkosh triaxle. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that oh, one's okay. got it. So uh, in the military, it's kind of like the oil field. They, their trailers don't have jacks on them because they just rip them off. Yeah. So all their trucks are like oil field trucks. They pull all the trailers up or equipment on with a winch. Gotcha. So they got a huge wench on them trucks, you know, because yeah. they're going to load a tank on a trailer and, and then pull the trailer on. Yeah. 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 So uh, we ended up, uh, <laughs> we ended up strapping the 950, you know, burying the bucket, strapping the 950 to that truck. And then uh, we, we, we rigged up a, 
like a clothesline to be able to pull the lever while you're behind the loader. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is like OSHA approved. <laughs> Absolutely. It was. I mean, no one's going to get hurt, right? Behind the bomb shelter. So Wow. wow. Yeah, but it, it came out luckily. I mean, I was so happy. You know how that goes, right? Like, I mean, this is, I, through, especially through the off-road truck stuff, I've seen some stuff that was pretty bad and you're thinking it's going to be real bad, but I've, you know, and the bad part is you're always telling, you know, I tell all the guys that work for me, we're never getting this by anything soft, you know, and then, then they leave and guess yeah. what the boss did. Yep. You yep. know what? Well, they Greg all came back. A little close. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, and then I ended up getting COVID while we were doing it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. A little icing on the cake there. Yeah, my dad had COVID and he rode with me in the truck on the way out there. <laughs> and the next week I found out I had COVID because I couldn't smell the five gallons of gas that spilled in the back of the service truck. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so did you do the typical dirt maneuver where you were like, all right, we got her unstuck. I just won't go as far this time. <laughs> no, no. After that, I was like, we're done because literally weird stuff was happening when I was doing it. And I've done a couple other pit reclamation jobs, but just not this. I mean, this town that we were doing it in is all gravel pits. Yeah. So we're talking like this place got mined out before 1940. Oh, wow. So it you know, no one even knows really what's there, what's there? what was done yeah. or anything like that. Cause the whole time we're doing this job, we're finding like cables, like crazy. Really? I, I oh. cut so many cables out of those dozer tracks because they're just cable machines. That's what they were using back then, you know? And they and just toss the old one to the side and keep rolling. I guess. I mean, they must've been breaking some cables, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it turns out we were, I mean, literally after this happened, you know, now you got soil engineers coming out cause this is, this is the supposed to be a saturation pond basically and uh it was literally 20 feet i mean my i had a komatsu 228 out there i couldn't find the bottom of it no shit yeah so after that happened and we found that out i was like literally i mean like i was her up (laughs) i was lucky that i did not because i mean we probably would have came back and been gone yeah really oh yeah yeah i had the blade because on that dozer you can lift the blade up and walk under it i had the blade all the way up and you were at the mud. And the bl- mud was halfway up the blade. No shit. It, that it was, was that one of the, deep. Oh, yeah. Wow. We were digging and digging and digging. We had a pump in the hole to pump the water out. It was wow. turning nasty. Yeah, so if you ever drive and you're driving on dirt and all of a sudden little pimples start popping and water starts coming out, that's bad. It is bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't go by that. Yeah. <laughs> don't go there. Yeah. So when did Jeez, this happen? Needs, man. Last summer. Last summer? Yep. A little well, over a year ago. I kind of wish we had met sooner so I could have been a, as a as a witness, yeah. not directly involved, but as a, as a witness to come out and kind of coach like, Grant, you're doing awesome, man. You, you oh, keep dude. at it. Well, I can. You need another light plant? You don't. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have uh, that. That's generally if you're around me, you uh, you got a lot of them stories. Yeah. yeah. I just sent my dad. My dad literally called me over. To, you know, he he's retired now, but he works. He'll do whatever I need him if I need him to. I sent him out to the west side of the state to go get some stuff for that oil burner I bought at that auction. He calls me. He's like, I'm five miles away. The gas tank fell out of the truck, and I drug it down the expressway. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, but it, it held the fuel, the filler neck held it on, and uh, I strapped it back up. So we're good. Love it. I'm like, cool. Put something on the whiteboard. Replace the ratchet strap in a year. He knows better than that because the ratchet straps are probably still be on there. So he ordered them for me. That's funny. That's what I'm saying. That's awesome. Grant made a mental note to replace that strap in a year. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yep. So, yeah, I've got a couple of those. I, I quit traveling to go pick stuff up if it's not in the state of Michigan now. 
because of too many gas tanks falling out or <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was the deal that sealed that one for you <laughs> uh we bought a, uh i bought a military trailer in utah and uh, utah is a ways away apparently it is a long ways away yeah, apparently so how many days did it take you to get out there to get out there or yeah. get, to finish the deal up to get out there that's uh, the easy one yeah the easy one that went pretty easy yeah so it was uh I don't know, probably about two days. Yep, that sounds about right. So we went out and there. And the trip back. And there's some mountains. I've yep. never really been in any mountains. Like uh, I've flown over mountains, but I've never really been in any mountains. And those are real mountains. Mm-hmm. It was really nice on the way there. It wasn't on the way back. What happened on the way back? Uh, they closed the road right after I drove by it. and uh, But mainly it was like holes and pistons and uh, things like that, you know? So relatively minor yeah. mechanical repairs Pretty while much, in yeah. transport. Just rebuild it on the side of the road. Uh, it's yeah. Fine. So how did you handle that? Uh, there's no handling holes and pistons. I mean, I'd like <laughs> to feel say I could fix that, but there wasn't really. Well, so what did you have to do? Tow it? Yeah. So, you know, you get out there in the mountains and I've never had any problems with that truck. And, uh, you know, it, uh, but when you get up in the high altitudes, you don't have as much oxygen. So it burned a hole in a couple of pistons. So we parked that, went, you know, okay, I'm going to have to get this truck back. I had a buddy of mine that this was, I was still doing the mud truck stuff at the time. So I had a buddy of mine that uh, was going to haul it back for me, back to Michigan in a, in a, in a rental car and uh, drove back there to go pick the truck back up. So and he was going to tow it back with a rental car? No, no, I got a rental car. He He's towing oh, my trailer back, oh, but I needed okay. to get my I'm truck with, back, so, you know? I was like, sweet Jesus, how did yeah. you pull that one off? So, <laughs> Hertz rental. What, 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 what Hertz don't know won't hurt Exactly. Them. If I could have tried it, I would have, trust me. <laughs> but uh, on the way there to go get, uh, it was like a C4500 truck, you know, had a sleeper on the back. On my way back to go pick that truck up, the... That wasn't the red one, was it? Yeah, the red oh, one, yeah. Oh, man. Had like a, it was a nice truck, but... Yep. Uh, you know, uh, apparently the exhaust wasn't big enough, so it wasn't getting rid of that heat, you know? Yep. And uh, so uh, we ended up, uh, the rim cracked in half of my brain, so I had a set of rims on my truck, you know, like off road. I actually remember this Facebook yeah. story now that Holy you're shit, saying dude. it. I was like in the worst part of shit Indiana. Show. Yeah, like it just snapped off. And was went it Gary? Yep. Gary, Indiana? Yep. Fuck. Yeah, so I, I, I had a tire issue in Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Yeah. It's a black I hole. Had a, I had a tire in, in Gary, Indiana. On Thanksgiving Day, and I was I had thirty eights on my truck. You're not getting a spare on Thanksgiving Day, so you're not. So See? my story was I that was my move up to Michigan from Texas, and we were in a fucking Penske on the side of the road in Gary, Indiana. It's a black hole of mechanical failures, and it's the worst spot it's to a have hole. a mechanical failure. It even stinks there every time I drive by there. Yeah, it's terrible place. It's fucking terrible. See, I'm the kind of guy, dude. I'll stick the truck in four wheel drive, and I would drive until the fucking. Well, you're Sunshine. not driving if you don't, don't have care. a piston. We kept going. I, I mean, we put the, the spare on, but I mean, at that point, I looked at the rest of the rims, and they all had cracks in them. And so I was like, well, how the fuck did we... the rims get all cracked? I have no idea. I bought the truck from a dealership, you know, and it had the rims on it when I bought it, you know? And uh, I'm guessing they were just shit rims, right? No you know? shit. For, yeah, for all of them to have but, cracks. Yeah, they were a bigger manufacturer of wheels, you know? So really, it, yeah, and uh, for, but I, you know, first thing you do get on the internet, what the fuck is going on? You know, and it's like everybody's bitching about it, you know. Oh, really? And so, yeah, I mean, I got the set of rims that they had at the Bell Tire, so I mean, those are the rims. Bell Tire, the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, we ended up with those, and you know, after that, it was a semi smooth trip, you know, a week and a half for you know, uh, 
two or three day trip. I was about to say, so two days out, week and a half back. Yeah. Yeah. And I hardly ever use that trailer now. So (laughs) So (laughs) it's totally worth it. it. Totally worth it. All right. Yeah. It was one of my ingenious ideas. It was a military trailer. It's like a van trailer, but the sides like accordion open. So you like the side, the military has the coolest shit craziest stuff awesome. you know it's because we invest billions of right. dollars into them building cool shit yeah yeah so they accordioned open and then there was like it was like double the size of this you know so we were gonna use it and it just never happened you know i changed my mind and moved to a different business by then you know <laughs> after tonight's podcast are you gonna revisit the trailer well, I mean, it's got some stuff in it. It's got grass seed and uh, some, probably some mice. So you <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So it's Just being stuff. gently used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've moved on to Connexes now. I'm sick of walking up and down the stairs. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, he's he. I I I saw one time Randy's, and uh, they you told me you bought a pallet grinder or a stump grinder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna revisit that story with you because that's that one's pretty solid. I mean, I'll let you take it from here. You bought a stump grinder. No, uh, I don't well, think this uh, thing's a grind stump. stumps. Yeah, uh, you could throw a house in there. I think so. Is it like a tub grinder? Oh, I, uh, yeah, it's a tub grinder, pretty much. Yep. Okay, <laughs> so not an in the ground stump grinder. You're talking yank those babies out, load it into this, and it's just gonna chew whatever the fuck you put. I in think there. you could pick this house up and put it in that thing. Is it one of the? Oh, is it. it one of those ones with the intermeshing teeth? No, it's like a it's a Mobark. It's a tandem okay. axle. Big. It's a. I think it's got a nine foot drum on it. No shit. Yeah. Well, we ended up getting a. Uh, well. I was getting like I wanted, you know, I don't want to do the whole job, but you know, it, these gravel pit jobs we were doing, the problem was you you can't, it's all sand. There's no topsoil, you know? Right. So a lot of these clearing jobs are doing nowadays, they go in and mulch everything and then you just grind the stumps in place and strip all the topsoil and all goes in the topsoil pile. And by the time you use it again or, you know, it's broken down, in, you know? And yeah. Yep. Can't do that on a gravel pit job. Yeah. You know, all, everything's got to come out because it's all going into buildable pads and stuff like that. You know, unless you got like a borrow pit area, you can push all this crap in. So we ended up, it became a problem, you know, and clearing guys don't want nothing to do with a grab pit job. There's rocks and all kinds right. of stuff. So stuff's got to come out of the ground and then you got to grind it up, you know, because the trucking, the stumps is just not an option in today's world. So we ended up buying, a, I bought a Fecan head at an auction like two years prior to that job. Big one, like uh, nine and a half, ten foot wide fecan head. Big, no, for a hydroax. Uh, it wasn't on a hydroax. I think it was. It is now. I bought a hydroax and put it on there, but it was on a um, whatever tiger cat or whatever. Okay, it was, I was know? gonna say whatever yeah. cat's biggest gets here. It burned <laughs> down. Yeah, it burned down. Uh, so it's huge. I mean, it it's gigantic. What burned know? down the head or the, the tiger cat? They happen all the time, you know. Really? Those, yeah, like those big forestry machines. You know, you get wood packed in them. Yeah, and then, and then some, it lights on fire, yeah, catches yep. on fire. Yeah. You know, so the heads always usually make it though. You know, because they're far enough away from the heat source. You know. Yep. So we ended up buying that head and it sat around forever and I didn't have a bit, you know, cause I, you know, unknowing all that stuff at the time, I just like, Oh, this is an auction. I'll buy this. Then when I got it back, I start looking into what kind of flow it takes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting this on anything that I own, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, so I ended up buying, finding a guy that had a Hydroax 621B and it had a brush hog on the front of it, you know, just like a big mower deck. So you upgraded. Yep. We ripped that off first day I had it. Didn't even try it. Yeah. And, uh, then we put this, uh, I fabricated it all on there, got it all on there, 
guy that had it before me was trying to run it on a loader. So he had it all. <laughs> he was trying to run one motor, basically, because it couldn't run both motors. Didn't have enough flow. Huh. Figured all that out, got it working. And uh, so then we were going to, you know, now I'm going to do my own clearing because these these jobs, you know. So I have a whole tree chipper too. So I got like a big uh, bandit whole tree chipper. And so we chip the logs, anything that was, uh, you know, probably like 12 inches or under, we chip it all. And then uh, anything, the, the thing with the gravel pits, so you end up with a lot of like bushes and uh, little bullshit that you don't, you're not going to chip that stuff, you know. So we end up yank all that out, put it in a rock truck, put it in a big windrow and then I'd run it over with the hydroax, you know, just chip it all up into little crap. But then you got the stump. So I needed a tub grinder. So I uh, bought a tub grinder from a dude in the UP and uh, Randy's brought it back. And that was like that. Luckily I didn't bring it back because <laughs> I did not want to bring, cause you got to bring it over to bridge Yep. before it even got to the bridge and axle, you know, the spindle ripped off of it. <laughs> you know, all the tires are blowing up. So does know? Randy's when you call now, they're just like, Nope. No, I don't even know. I don't even oh, need no. to hear what it is I'm supposed to pick up. Just no. Uh, no, they charge no. the fuck out of me. That's right. No, they, I, I buy my fuel from them and, uh, you know, I don't, whatever. I mean, charge me what you're going to charge me, you know? But, uh, yeah. Well, that, so their driver went up there to get it, you know, and he got about 50 miles away and boom, all that crap happened. So they pulled off like into the scenic outlook <laughs> and dropped the trailer. And well, then, he couldn't get clearance across the bridge or something and they had to sit there for what a whole day we had to sit there because it didn't have a t- you know, maybe one of the axles, axles was gone you know <laughs> you know so whatever minor details yeah <laughs> you don't have to pay to go across yeah. the bridge yeah so then after that yeah they had that's to, yeah, true to take that axle off before you cross the bridge and then you get a discount <laughs> yeah so we got that back and you know we still use that thing every now and then you know i i do love that you are the epitome of a man because you're just like <laughs> Well, I've got this problem and I have no option but to go buy the thing that's going to remedy the problem. And every time I have these conversations with my wife, she's like, there's got to be another way. And I'm like, no, there is no other way. You have to go buy this expensive piece of equipment to solve your problem. And this is why I have 50 expensive pieces of equipment because each one is solving a problem. Females just don't grasp that concept. They're well, like, I no, mean, you my have wife, to. My wife's known me since we, we went to school together in like fourth grade, you know. So she knows she doesn't even ask anymore. We don't we, we don't need to discuss those things because she already knows where this is going. She yeah, don't, yeah. she don't want to know. I just love most contractors. I, like, I think my wife is probably one of the most patient people in the world, and Grant's wife has to be a hundred times more patient. Than I'm my wife. here. There's probably only one. Every other contractor, I feel like, is like, well, we got to figure out what to do with these stumps. We're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna jump through some hoops. We're gonna and Grant's just like, I I have to buy a tub grinder. There's no other way around it. Yep. Oh, there's these. Oh, I got these piles of bushes. Well, I got to buy hydroax. There's yeah. no way around it. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a dark hole, man. Because <laughs> then once you buy a tub grinder, you end up with a big pile of chips. And then, then you're you like, how am, I gonna, how am yeah. I going to move these chips? What did you have this to buy? We had to buy a 70 yard high side trailer. You God know, damn it. There's around, no man. other option. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I to do it. with them. It this happens. is fantastic. And th- I love it because you're living out my fantasy. Because that is exactly the logic I use. And then my wife was like, no, you can do it this and it's just going to take five times as long. And I'm like, every every fiber in me is like, I could do this eight times faster if you just let me spend money. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the amount of money that I spend on things, people are like, you bought that for what? You know, I usually get some pretty, and I've, I don't know, call it luck. I don't know what it is anymore, but I haven't had too many bad ones. I mean, I've had a couple, but 
like, you know, I just keep at it. You know, a lot of people I feel like give up way too early, you know? Yeah. I bought things and like, you're like, this is messed up, you know? And then power through it. Just keep going, man. I, that's, I feel like we just cleared the property for the, for the pole barn or for the studio. And I feel like that absolutely we should have had a hydrax on that. Would you agree, Rick? No. See, Rick no. Rick is playing the part of my wife tonight. He hasn't ridden in the hydroax yet. Ex- uh, he, had, I own uh, he owned one. He actually <laughs> owned one What'd back you have? in the day. Uh, 411. Okay. With a bar saw on it. Yeah. Dude, that thing would lay so, some I mean, freaking the, trees. When I, uh, yeah. when I went out and looked for him, you know, like the 611, big machine, don't have the hydraulic flow, though. No. So you got to get the two series, you know, that next one, the 21, the, yep. the, the version of it. That thing's scary, dude. I'm telling you. I mean, you better that you better be hundreds of feet away from that thing. It ain't gonna throw a shard of wood. It's gonna no, throw a log. It throws, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so my first introduction to any of those mulching heads like that uh, was when I was selling equipment, and we were on a demo, and we're, I don't know, 200, 300 feet away, the the quote unquote safe distance, and I look over at the last second to see this. I don't know. It was probably a three foot long stick mm-hmm. come and it hit, hit me right in the shoulder and it didn't do any real damage, but it hurt. Oh yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that's off of a skid steer. I can't even imagine what I mean, the, the forestry machines can the, do. This thing's got a Detroit diesel in it, you know? So oh, it winds up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've ran newer skidsters with them on there and I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for everything, right? And sure. I mean, this thing is a brute and, you know, you're going a lot of places. It's got 28 L's on it, big meaty yeah. tires, you know. Um, this guy was mowing that had it. He was mowing like side of highways with it, you know. So he had contracts with different counties where every so many years he'd go mow it, you know. So um, the biggest thing that I didn't want, I mean, there's no getting into a skidster with a mulching head for what I did for this, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the problem. I'm not spending that kind right. of money, you know, because I'm not going to use it enough. So. Right. But we, you know, I spent money. The Fecan head, we went out and bought the new hammers with the replaceable teeth where you could get the steel cutter heads or the carbide cutter heads and all that stuff. So, I mean, I'll spend money when it time, I mean, not just like, hey, just all junk, you know? Right. But and in my mind, at least until I can prove myself that it's, you know, a good piece of equipment or, or whatever, I'm not going to waste money on it, you know? Yeah. So... I mean, it's it's been a it's been a nice machine, and uh, I haven't used it a ton. Most of the stuff we've done has been out of the ground when we're chipping it. You know, we very we ran over very little stuff like standing timber or anything with it. You know, because I'm I was doing pit reclamation. Yeah, jobs you're not it, a you land know? clear guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't, don't want to do none of that. <laughs> you just got to maintain the bushes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of a uh, lot of cottonwood trees on them jobs and stuff like yeah. that. You know, so them, that, shit. when they hit the ground, they blow into like six trillion pieces. Yeah, and uh, then you got to clean all that up. And I didn't want to try to put all that in a chipper. You know. So again, honey, I, there's no other option here. I have to buy Hydrax. Yeah, I don't. She knows Sorry. not to discuss that stuff. With me. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's fantastic. Yeah, we, you know, she just lets me go. You know, that's awesome. Me. Well, Greg, do you want to ask? The motherfucking question. No, I'm changing the question. Oh. I told you that last episode. I already forgot. Forget. Well, because well, I said I didn't want to take Matt's this spot. Is, so. This is one of my 80,000 things I have going at any given time. Gotcha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. You know what? It's I a, was going to ask my guests or any guests what the most screwed up thing they've ever seen on a job. All right, go for it. I think I changed my mind. Oh, he's switching it again. I am. See, and he wonders why I get confused. Well, I think I'm, I'm gonna. Saying. I think I'm gonna I'm do saying. two. Can oh, I do two? Two. Yeah. 
two motherfucking questions. God damn, you are getting it greedy. Doesn't have to end, Greg. Mr. Johnson. Three. I can do three. Yeah, Oof, three. Mr. Forever Johnson. Evolving. Getting greedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think certain guests, like the most screwed up thing you've seen on a job, if they're not a contractor, they're probably not going to have a good story. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good and, point. Some people we you know that are on you here know, go are full on man, sweetheart. I have no option. I have to ask three questions. No, I'm going to ask two. <laughs> My first question is, Grant, what's the most screwed up thing you've seen on a job? And it could be funny. It could be goofy. It could be. It could be a D nine stuck in the a, middle of a fucking sediment pond. Could be a butt plug coming out of a toilet. Because that's probably my funniest story. <laughs> Most screwed up thing. I mean, the bad part is, I mean, they're all my jobs because I don't work on other people's jobs. Well, no, jobs. no, no, no. <laughs> This could be you driving down the road. Like the other day, right on Latson Road, I saw one of those dingoes with forks with pallets and guys standing on the pallets trimming a bush. What's wrong and with I'm that? Like, Come on now, Greg. I'm just saying, don't do it on a main road. I feel like you someone's being why. an ocean nanny right now. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't realize Greg was that guy. No, no I'm not. Yeah, you right. ran my it's equipment. Right. You know where it's we're right. at with Greg this. Greg is very right. non-ocean. So we were cleaning up Pepsi two days ago, and, you know, they're very safety, anti-whatever, yep. high-low, whatever. Yep. Wear a hard hat when oh, there's yeah. nothing around you. And I get a phone call. <laughs> I'm scraping fucking concrete off the loading dock, and my phone dings. And I answered the phone. He's like, did you get my fucking picture yet? And it's Steve sailing on the fucking wall on the fucking forklift going across the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, my God. Fuck it. It's like the last day of cleanup. And here's our first fuck up. And he's just like surfing on the wall. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. What the fuck? We're going to lose this thing at the last second. So it could be a good employee story. It could be something you saw. I mean, I... I guess it's not going to be as funny, but you know, one of the things that really turned me off to the larger construction companies when I worked for there was their apparent love for safety, but not real safety, you know? So, you know, when I worked there as a superintendent, they would have uh, the most stupid safety rules. So I guess what I would say, one of the most screwed up thing was, you know, they'll tell you, you got to wear your safety glasses. You got to do this. You got to do that. I would see situations where guys would be carrying board up stairwells for three weeks straight and and that's okay you know but you know when it comes down to you, he didn't have his gloves on while he was doing it you know <laughs> we're in trouble here you know i mean we I'd be, I'd be at jobs where they would be chipping you know they have safety glasses earmuffs you know a respirator a face shield go you know oh, the they were wearing a necktie yeah well they they can't even see what they're doing you know what i'm saying these guys are gonna blow their toe off you know right so i mean like I said, I mean, I, I the I don't really uh, I see really only my job sites. That's the crazy part, you know. I don't really right. we don't I don't step on too many job sites anymore nowadays, you know. So I guess my second and real question is, if you had any advice to give to a younger generation thinking about getting in the trades, what would you tell them? Hmm. I would say it's definitely going to be. I mean. My whole career, I've been trying to outlook at, you know, where's the market going to go and things like that. You know, I mean, you've got guys making great money and it's got a great outlook to it. You're always going to have a job, you know, and, uh, you know, try it out. Maybe a lot of the guys that have worked for me in the past and still do work for me love doing the different things, too. You know, you don't have to go just lay wood flooring all day long yep. or you don't have to just hang drywall every day. You know, yep. if you really have that, you, you know, you want to see things built and everything like that. There's a lot of guys out there that are 
doing more than just one thing. You don't have to go be stuck doing the same thing every day, you know? Right. So I would say try, you know, if you go try the trades out, don't, if you don't have a good experience with the first person, that's, you know, it's not like that at every place, maybe, you know? No, no, no. I agree. I said the almost identical thing. If you're on a job site and you're on a dirt crew and you see a framing crew and that interests you, walk over there. Yeah, or I mean, maybe you'll be on the crew where you're framing and doing dirt one day. You know, well, there's a that, lot that, of guys the, out there. The Grant Charlick way is, is we're going to start with digging and we're going to finish with the painting. Yeah. But not a lot of companies are like that. So yeah, if you but get I mean, they're hired out there. in... Yeah, oh, but if you get hired into a company and you don't like what you're doing, don't give up on the trades altogether. Yeah, yeah. I mean, try different trades, you know? <laughs> try different companies. You know, you might think electrical's horrible working for one guy, you know, and then you go to work for the next guy and it's completely different, you know? Right. Because, I mean, the trades are not like working at a bank, obviously. You go work at a bank, you know, I mean, if you don't like your boss, maybe, but it's at a bank, you know? Yeah, right. You know, it's not the way the trades are. Every trade's going to be different. Every way the boss goes about it is different. Um, you know, in like, for instance, my company, I keep my guys working all year long, you know, well, I'll find work for them. You know, you don't have to work for a company that's nine months and you're out, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot available out there, you know? So there's infinite possibilities in the trades, but the main thing is, I think the outlook for anybody getting in the trades nowadays is going to be, you know, you're always having a job, even if we do see a little bit of a slowdown, I don't think the trades are going to slow down at all, really, no. because there's just not enough guys, you know? Agreed. Not, not with the failing infrastructure and, and no. all of the work that's going on yeah. right now. I don't, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to feel it like we did. You have. I, I honestly think it's going to be a more of a white collar slowdown. Than oh, absolutely. Blue collar. Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've got way too much work out there and way too little manpower for the trades to really see a slowdown this round. I mean, be smart though. If you're going to go get a job for somebody, you know, uh, you know, get into a trade that you, that it's more stable, you know, you know, yeah. don't get into a trade where it's only going to be, you know, if you're putting in granite countertops, things slow down. Not yeah. as many people got money for granite countertops. I, I was you know? about right. to say, yep. at this point in time, don't go pursue residential work when we're coming into a residential slowdown. Right. Go yeah. pursue commercial. Go go find something that's outside of those areas that are going to slow down. But is that entirely true, though? You know, high-end kitchens, even in the worst of times... The wealthy still get their kitchens redone. Well, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, don't, I mean, I'm just saying, true. take a look at it. I mean, it's going to be slower though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Nope. I mean, just go. You need to go more essential than you need yep. luxury, right? Yeah. I, that's why my job's safe. I mean, you flush the toilet. It doesn't work. You're calling somebody period. Yeah. You know, same with you. If, yeah. if, if, if a road's flooding and their infrastructure's failed, they got to get it. Fixed. I mean, we they all can. know we all if we've been in the trades long enough, you all know you don't want to go start with a company, have a good experience. And then that company doesn't have the work. And now you got to go start again. You right. know, and that was that was one of the things that made me want to start my own company full time. And I work for Skanska. I work my butt off, proved to them I could run jobs that, you know, you got 50, 60 year old guys running. and I'm in my 20s. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't have. I can't do this again, you know? I can't yeah. go start at another company, right. work my way all the way up. So, you know, take a look at the company you're going to work for. What are they doing? How flexible are they? You know, there's not a lot of young guys getting into construction. So, I mean, if you can find a company that has their stuff together and they got a younger guy involved, you know, because a lot of the companies, the guys are getting older, they're they're moving on. I know a ton of guys in the trades right now that are, that are you know, in their 40s that there's like, you know, I'm... I can't run in this company anymore. There's not enough right. people. They don't even want to do it. They're going to go work for somebody else, you know? And, you know, and that's another opportunity we haven't even talked about on this podcast that that is really 
you know, uh, up until this point, it's been, you can get into the trades and you can go work for somebody. But we're now getting to a point where if you play your cards right and you do your homework, you could actually put yourself in a position. Obviously, you got to have your shit together and you got to be a hard worker. But you can actually hire in at a company and potentially take that company over and buy it from the owner oh, because he's ready to get out of the business That's what and I he did. doesn't have well they, yeah so talk about that how did what was the process there he was tired man <laughs> i mean these these guys they've ran this company all of their lives and they're just tired they yeah. can't do it anymore and to get some young blood in there that can either work their way into an ownership or a partial ownership or something like that. Yeah. There's so many old company owners out there right now who are just tired and looking for some hungry blood. Yeah. And if you show up and you have that kind of initiative, I'm going to say nine chances out of 10, they're going to go, this kid is, has got it. He's going to spring it into the, you know, when I bought my company, they did, they had no internet presence. They had no nothing. I mean, we had to, Establish a Facebook page, establish a website, establish every single thing, social media presence, everything, everything. He was yeah. advertising in the yellow pages and had stickers on, you know. Well, even if you don't take that company over, you're, I mean, if you're working for a good company, they're going to teach you as much as you're willing to yes. learn, you know? Yeah. So you the don't even have to there. buy them. If yep. you get to the point where you're like, hey, I, I think I can do this on my own. Yeah. Go do it on your Go own. Go do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you're, some people have that leap of faith or the, that amount of guts, and other people don't. So the majority of people don't. Yeah, I would argue it's a different world. It is. It's and that's a big step. It doesn't feel like it to us because we've all collectively done it. But going out on your own and not having that steady paycheck and that that comfort of knowing that there's a safety net there, that's that's fucking hard, and most people can't do that. Was it hard for you, Grant? No. <laughs> wasn't hard for me no. at all. I was like, no. I'm so driven. This is gonna, not going to be a problem. Well, I mean, but the hard part is getting the skills, you know? I mean, that's the hard part, right? Yep. Well, but there's also a, I would argue there's a personality aspect to that. Oh, for sure. We didn't find it hard because we're just naturally driven that, fuck, if I can go do this, why would I not go do it? But I would argue that most people are not wired that way. Most well, people want the comfort of that steady paycheck. They want that safety net that, you know what? doesn't matter what I do. Work's going to be there on Monday. There's a ton of sides to business ownership, you know? I mean, not just hard work, not just knowing the skill. I mean, can you bid the jobs? Can you, I mean, when you're starting off, you don't have an estimator. You don't have, you know, an office person. You don't have a secretary. You don't have a CPA. You don't have any of those things, you know? So there's a lot of sides to it. But I mean, bottom line, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's good money in it now. I mean, you if if you're a roofer and you're working for a roofing company, you want to go do it on your own? Go do it. it. You can do it. You know, if you get the skills, I mean, that's the best part, right? I mean, I went to school. I had a scholarship to go to Lawrence Tech. And within a matter of two years, two and a half years going to school, I just knew it wasn't for me. Like, it wasn't going to work out, you know? You know, I I internship uh, or labored, I should say, for Skanska. And you'd see a civil engineer come out there and I'm like, well, wow, like this is what they're really doing. Yeah. You know, the 65 year old iron workers telling them exactly how to build the building. This guy has no clue what he's doing. So, you know, and, and it's starting to happen where the, the trades, honestly, like the guys in the trades are, are making what a civil engineer is going to make. That is not talked about. And, and again, we don't talk about it enough on this platform, but that is not being talked about. 
at the high school level the no. way that it needs to. It's in fact, I'll go a step further. It's not being talked about at all at the high school level. No. You only have college. That's your well, only option. I was just telling an engineer that was out at a job the other day that I feel like and he says the same thing. He's a civil engineer. I feel like he's more of the the inspection side, so he's more of the field side. Yep. But I feel like when you go to like if you buy a pack of cigarettes, you got all these things that say this is this 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 you're going to die blah blah blah. Yep. When these kids go into a college, I mean it's a business now. When they go in there, it need, they need to be told, listen, if you're going to become, you know, uh, go to school for this, here's the amount of jobs that are out there right now. Yep. Here's the average pay for the first year, the second year, the third year, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff needs to be told and to them. And here's how many graduates we're churning out for those X amount Absolutely. of positions per year. And here's your return on investment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yep. here's how much it's going to cost you. Here's right. what your payment on your, you know. Yeah, that's just ridiculous that you're not going to tell somebody that, you know, because they go to school. Well, what do you want to be? I mean, it's like fish in a barrel, man. That yep. person's job is to make sure that they go to school so that they get paid to sell them the next one. I next mean, year. if you think about college in a nutshell, it's taking a, a realistically 17 year old kid because you're applying for colleges before you're actually 18 and graduated. Mm-hmm. So you're taking a 17 year old kid and you're going, hey, hey, I know you have no idea how to even be responsible with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I want you to make a life decision that's going to cost you 100 plus to 200 plus thousand dollars. Yeah. What do you want to do with your life, bud? Yeah. And sign this loan that we're going to give you that you can't get a loan for anything else. You can't even get a credit card. Yeah. But here's this loan. But here's this loan. Free money from the sky. For life. Hey, by the way, we're not going to double check that you only use it on school stuff. So if you want to go buy a car or TV with it, you know, feel free. And that's part of, in my mind, that's part of what's happening with the trades is the people that are ending up in the trades are the people that, you know, because of the society today, you know, if you go into the trades, you're wasting your life, you know, I mean, you know, and you know, the generations before us, you know, it, it didn't, there wasn't, there was too many people in the trades and not enough people in the white collar now, you know? Right. But now it's just like this persona that you're, you're not going to do well, you know, and it definitely has, you know, you, you can't be, uh, you know, worried about getting mud on your boots, you know, for yep. sure. I mean, there's going to, yep. you're going to have to, you got to have some thick skins and you got to be able to take a bruise. And I was just telling Greg this other day though. I mean, if you really get down to like the elementary level of this, you know, I mean, everybody's kid has a bulldozer in the sandbox. They're dressing up as a policeman, a fireman, yep. a construction worker. Your kid's party when he's four years old, it's construction themed. 100%. But that kid grows up, goes through the educational system Dude, nowadays. Beat it out of Doesn't want to get dirty. You know, before you're out there in, they're out there in their freaking diaper in 50 Rolling degree wet around. sand. Yeah. Yeah. But the world we live in today now has just dumbed everybody down to where no one goes and bees is a lawyer for Halloween. Right. You know, but somehow that's, you that's know, where everyone ends up. Right. That's yeah. where everybody, that's where society's pushing them now, 100%. you know, hundred percent. And that's not really what their brain wants to do. And when you said that the other day, it clicked in my head. I mean, I've thought about this stuff a lot. And when Grant was like, nobody's ever dressed up as a lawyer for Halloween. No. I was like, no, you've taken a little kid's dreams and ripped them away from him. He wanted to run an excavator. He wanted to run a bulldozer. You didn't just rip them away. You said, Hey, that's a dumb dream. Let me turn you on to this dream over here. Yeah, you stripped it from him. Yeah. You took it. You're an adult. You well, took it you from You literally him. made him, and, and, and the reason I really emphasize, you made it, you told him it's dumb, is because I've had subscribers over on Diesel and Iron that have flat out said, I've told my parents and my guidance counselor, I want to go into construction. That's what I want to do. And they've all told me, 
you don't want to do that, that you'll, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. So we're flat out telling these kids that's a dumb dream to have. You're not aiming high enough. I'd like to have a sit down with my guidance counselor. <laughs> right? It'd be It'd like, like a, a Ricky Bobby. Now. Ricky Bobby? Yeah. Be be like, like, I'll tell you what, guidance counselor. Yeah. Why don't you come over to my house Who's sit retarded down? now? <laughs> <laughs> but I would argue, like, you know, kind of in and the I same would do it in a mullet, just yeah. the way oh, I like, yeah. full of mud. Absolutely. And be like, well, you know. I mean, Here it's just are. the truth, though, that if you want the if you want somebody to make an educated decision, because you got all these people now, they go to school for business, and then what do you, you think business management? You're you're going to be running Starbucks when you get out of school? I mean, you know it. nothing. I went for business marketing, and it did dick all for oh, me. Yeah, for sure. So Even, same sort of deal. You go to school for civil engineering, you get out of school, you aren't engineering nothing. No, you have no. no clue even what you're doing. Yep. So so I would go a step further with what you were just talking about. Uh, I feel like. The reason, we, so the the common complaint with kids coming into the trades, kids don't want to work. Kids mm-hmm. don't have any work ethic. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a small amount of truth to that, mm-hmm. but I also think that there is. It's a result of the fact that we are in in the school system. We're telling kids you have to go to college to be successful, and so every kid that really is motivated. Is mm-hmm. going to go to college because everyone's yeah. telling him that's where you're going to go to be successful. And the only kids that are coming to the trades are the kids who don't have any motivation. Absolutely. And so by default, we are getting the kids that don't want to work because we're sending all the kids that want to put effort into life to college because we've told them that's the only way to be I mean, successful. Th- think about it this way. I mean, like when I step back and look at it, you know, you've got nowadays. I know a lot of people play sports. I'm, I'm not the largest advocate. I played sports when I was in high school too, but not at the level they are now, right? So yep. you got a lot of these kids now. Almost every single kid is going to be involved in some type of sport and they're going to play sport all high school and their parents are telling them. I've got, so I've got a long ways away from young kids the older I get, you know? Yep. I don't have any kids. I'm not around too many kids. and uh, But my wife and I open reopened an ice cream shop in the last couple of years. So we own an ice cream shop in, in uh, our local area. So I've seen young kids now cause they work for us there, you know? Yep. And it's actually kind of like it, it, most of them are girls, you know, working at the ice cream shop, but they're hard workers. Most of them are hard workers, which yep. kind of gives me a little bit of hope. But these parents are like, you got to pay attention to your sports. You have to pay attention to your school, you know, your schooling, you have to do this. And then they tell them they got to go to college. So you get an 18 year old kid. They go to college. They're going to college for four years. Pay attention to your college. Do this, do that. This kid gets out of school. The kids that are working for, for us are obviously working, yep. but they get out of school. They're 22, 23 years old, never managed their money. Don't know anything about anything. All they know is school. Yeah. And you throw them directly into the world and expect them to just like uh, take off running. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. It's never going to happen. You know, you you've quote unquote given them all the tools they need. But, right. But realistically, well, you've given them no tools that they need. And that's why they're ending up like depressed and they're all on all this stuff. I mean, yeah. anybody be depressed, right? You, well, go you on come a, out of school with a hundred plus thousand dollars worth of debt. With none of the tools that you just even discussed. if mommy and daddy's paying for the hundred thousand dollars, you go on a twenty three year vacation and then all of a sudden go get to work. Yeah, that ain't happening. Right, that's gonna like be depression immediately. You yeah. know. Yep. So I mean, I, I, you know, you gotta. That never happened when I was a kid. I couldn't wait to get a job when I was fifteen. You know, yep. but 
we have these kids nowadays where mom gives them a debit card and says, yeah, go get your stuff, Starbucks, get your friends, fill your yeah. car up. They're driving just nicer. Just keep your grades up, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, it, it's just not, it's, you know, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with being white collar. You know, I don't have a dislike for any Agreed. of that. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, there doesn't mean that's the only way to make a living, you know? 100%. So, so my problem is it's white collar is success. Blue collar is you couldn't hack it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, no, there's white collar and there's blue collar and those jobs are equal. It's just two separate career paths. Oh, it's going to, it's going to come to roost in, in our, in our lifetime because oh, 100%. There's, there's, coming, man. I, I was just telling, so my wife was a dental hygienist before <laughs> we started that business that she's working at now and uh, running really. Um, the ice cream shop. Yep. And so uh, she was a dental hygienist and you know, you go to school for two years, get your associates, go to two years of hygiene school, right? Yep. She graduates hygiene school. You know, you can clean teeth all by yourself. You know, they put her in a room. She cleans the teeth, blah, blah, blah. And it's all over with, you know, you put somebody in the trades. If you're going to say, okay, here, we're going to, we're going to put you in dirt work, you know, and we're going to put sewer in, we're going to put water in, we're going to put storm in, we're going to do grading in two years. You aren't doing that on your own. Most people, I mean, most people are not doing that on their own. Right. So you can't just replace these guys that are retiring in that kind of a time frame. You know, it's not a two year, three year turn. And then the guys. So when you're going to learn to do that, you're not going to school for that. The guy at the job site is telling you what you're doing and how to do it. And here's how we do it. You know, there's no manual for it. Right. So, I mean, that guy's gone, though. So we talked about this last podcast. I can't remember when it was, but we were talking about this exact thing. You, you know, doctors and lawyers get just all this credit because they, they spent eight years in school, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they work on one thing. They specialize either in your knee, your hand, your back, emergency. You're talking to a guy that moves the whole infrastructure. It's a book of knowledge. It is. And it's easily eight plus years. No, you have to see it though. You know, like of there's no way of, in it. Right. You have you, to learn it. You yes. know, you can't learn that in a book. No, that's you can't, it, it you is, can't learn that. If you take a D nine where bubbles pop up. Yeah. It, 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's but, not but in I a mean, book anywhere. There's but, yeah. so many things like that, that yeah. just, you can't learn them. I, I mean, yeah. it is, you think about the way doctors learn. They, they spend four years in college. And then four years of it is in a hospital with patients actually learning the things that they're going to do mm-hmm. on a day-to-day yeah, basis. But they, but they get the practice, right? They get the practice on whatever mannequin, whatever Craig human, got whatever. got to practice with his D9. Yeah, but, th- <laughs> but think about it, though. When, when we open up a sewer or water main, we commit to it. Yep. You're not practicing. It's heads up. It's real life. Like right. someone fucks up, someone dies. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. me and yeah. me, you die. You're me committed and you the to other it. day. Right. I mean, yeah. we dug that up and it was leaking and there was nothing. Yeah. The only thing there was, was finishing. Yeah. Right. I mean, it didn't matter what it took. It had to be done. Even if you have a situation where you have a guy that knows quite a bit, the guy that has that 5% of knowledge, when you run into that problem and, and no one knows what's going on, Everybody those jumps guys in. Are, those guys are retiring. Yeah. You know, those guys, like, especially through COVID, you know, a lot of the older generation, they're, yes. you know, if they could retire, they're out, man. I'm not dealing with this crap. I'm not wearing a mask at, at the facility I'm working at. I'm not doing a, a lot of those guys are retiring from that baby boomer generation. Yep. And there might be younger guys in it, like 30s and 40s, but a lot of them That's are it, not, though. they're, they're not. They didn't know what that guy knew. You know, no. they, we need to know what, what, what would Bob do? Well, Bob's gone. 
Yeah. He's retired. Yep. So now these guys, they'll figure it out. Yep. But what I'm saying is you don't have that knowledge. You know, you look back. I mean, I look back at some of this stuff they used to do back in the day, you know, like underground they were doing and stuff. These dudes are crazy smart. Yes. Insane smart. They didn't yes. have GPS and, you know, I mean, we're going to finish high school, though. Right. Smart. I'll tell you the, the shit that blows my mind is the early tunnel boring where they were doing it with fucking transits and they would over the course of 13 miles make two tunnel ends meet. I'm like, sweet Jesus, those guys were brilliant. Well, and they literally were not like, I'm here to make money and I'm ready to go home. These guys are like, it's a challenge. Fuck yeah. We, we just it did a pride. We yeah. just did a project. We're drill in, a hole through a fucking mountain. Hell Watch yeah. Me. We just did a project in the village of Milford where we uh, had to build a road and it was a, a creek that went under. It's pretty, pretty large creek. Actually, it, it was right on the verge of being like a river, you know? Yep. And we got to divert this. We're rebuilding that, you know? And it's just like, that was a challenge for me. I wanted to do it, yeah. you know? And, uh, but the type of people just aren't around that much anymore. It's the paycheck. Right. Yeah. And you know, here, what, what's the engineer say to do? Okay. I'm going to do that. You know, yeah. So yeah. those, those people are going away and, and it's, that's why you want to get into it because if you have any interest in it, you're going to be invaluable in that, you know? Absolutely. I mean, well, you're already seeing it, right? Oh, for you're, sure. You're already seeing just the knowledge. Like before, you used to just be surrounded by the book of knowledge. You just walk up and you would just start a conversation with all the guys that were in the trades back mm -hmm. in the day. Now, mm -hmm. you could walk through 100 people and maybe grab five or six and have an intelligent conversation. And you're like, this dude knows something. That dude knows shit. Like, you know it instantly. Oh yeah. Anytime you could, you know, anytime you can find a guy that's been in the trades forever, just soak it up, man. Learn from that guy. You know, you don't have to listen to everything he says. Cause he might be, I've worked with contractors before that would never use GPS or laser grading or anything. And it's just because they don't want anything to do with it. And yeah. that's not always right. 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 But that guy knows stuff that is way, way huge value to it you know that yeah. you, you, he's learned it by doing it a hundred times you right, know right so there's the stubbornness coming from him but there's stuff that you're never going to learn from anybody else you know well i mean it's uh, it, just to kind of dumb that whole thing down uh you've got these newer operators that are coming in that with gps man we can take we can take a new operator and we he's perfect finish grade yeah, until he gets under a tree. <laughs> well, I was going to say, he never he never took the time to develop his ass level. So the second you turn the, the GPS off, yeah. he doesn't know what to do. Battery goes dead, the day's over. <laughs> yeah, or like you said, more commonly, you get in the trees, guess what? You're fucked. Or better yet, the 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 file didn't come together right in, mm -hmm. in this weir on this, on this retention pond. What are you going to do? You got to freehand it. Mm -hmm. Well, if you didn't learn those skills, guess what? The GPS ain't helping you. Yeah, it's it's not a replacement for the knowledge that's there. I'm working on a project right now, and they're directional boring, and they can't get some of the GPS signal because all the trees, and they're just like, what do we do? Uh, what do we do? Yeah. Punt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yep. We would punt. They're like, fuck it, call the engineers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Granted, be fucking sending it. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, you go figure it out. That's what we. <laughs> well, that's why mind, you gotta be around them guys. You know, just well. well and I was gonna say, I feel like all of us at this table collectively, that's what drives us. It's the challenge. It's the we're gonna go figure out the problem. Yeah, it's you, not you, go you, follow directions. You need the crew of what do we do if the batteries die? Well, you make yeah. it. You make the educated <laughs> guess, knowing the result, right? Uh, but I'm gonna take this again back to the education system. The education system has become 
we are going to teach you how to take a test and then you're going to go take the test. We're not going to teach you how to problem solve. We're not going to teach you all of the critical thinking skills. We want you to be able to follow these instructions and then answer these A, B, C, D answers. Dude, I quit learning in ninth grade. But That was it. But you, you I would argue you didn't. You stopped no, school did. learning. Yeah. But you've never, you've never stopped learning, though. No, women were sexy. Well, there's that. Were? <laughs> See? You know, I taste think I drug changed. it out of him. He's getting Tastes have changed in his old age. <laughs> that dick gazing. That's right. That's right, down the trough. Yep. Yeah, but I, I was already in the construction trades, dude. It, I, that was just something I had to do. But that's like but, I would have been working if my if it was allowed. But that's one of those that's one of those key conversation points that always irks me is we equate education and learning to school. And I'm sorry, that's not where you that's where we have deemed you get your education. That's not where you fucking learn. You learn outside doing things. And Dude, so I would say you've would never fail. stopped learning. I would fail the math test, I'd fail the science class, whatever, but I could walk right across the fucking room outside and work with the tree crew dropping fucking trees at 13, and 14 un- years old. And, like, And what you're not acknowledging there is you're understanding the physics behind right. it. You're understanding the trigonometry of the, the way the angles are going to work when the, now none of that, you could do the equations and you could tell that, right. but that's what you're actually doing mentally. But no one gives credit for that in the trades. No, Instead, it's, skill. well, no, you it's need to, smart, oh, right? we, we messed you up. Did we? No, no, I just don't want to eat it. Oh, Grant, Grant's pulling the mic totally off the table. He's he's going all so, in. So while you guys are ripping stuff off the table, I did want to say this. The other day, my son, I think both of you guys have met my sons at this time. We were, uh, we were in the car and he goes, you know, dad, I can't wait to come back to work. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. Like, what do you mean? And he's like. I don't, I don't want to go to school. I just want to go to work with you. Yep. And I'm like, dude, that's that's pretty cool. Like, I'm pretty excited for him because he's he's caught onto the trades. I mean, you guys have seen him in the trenches and in the mud and dirt, and he fucking loves it. I'm like, you're going to be a wrecking ball if you keep this up. But you're exposed to it, right? You're, yeah, you're my kids them, are. You're showing them a way in a life. And yeah. But, I mean, a whole, nother, a whole nother aspect, too, to it is just like in the trades, like – one of the biggest things that I think has, you know, there's a lot of sides of business ownership, but I, I just try to be the hardest worker out there. I mean, I own the company. I'm in the trench. I'm doing everything those guys are going to do. I'm going to be the dirtiest guy at the end of the day. I guarantee you. Yep. And, you know, in the trades, if I could give any advice, I guess, back to that point would just be just put the effort out there. Yeah. You could not be the smartest guy there. You cannot be the biggest guy. You can be the smallest guy there on the construction sites that in nowadays. If you're just a hard worker and you're trying to learn, you could be you twice, write your own as, ticket. twice as twice as handicapped as the next guy. If you just show that guy that you want to learn and this is what you want to do, and you you know when when he's doing something, don't just stand there and watch him do it. Be like, hey, what's going on? Why is this? Why are you doing it this way? Blah yep. blah blah. Um, that is going to go so far, you know? It is. You write your own ticket in this business. Exactly. And anybody's going to, if you want to learn, they're going to teach you, you know? 100%. So just. Brian and I had this conversation the other day is, is like about when you're in the trades, you make your own path. It's whatever you put in is what you'll get out. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you I mean, put in a little bit of effort, your boss is going to see that and go, eh. 
But if you're there in the trenches, just balls deep, getting after it. Yeah, you got to make a decision. Are you going to invest in that guy? You know what I'm saying? Am yep, I going to exactly. tra- am I going to teach this is guy it worth all my this? time? In yeah. me as a business owner, I look at that. That's pretty much, and I've said this on this podcast time and time again. Come up to me, work with me, show me you're interested. And I'll take you under my wing and I'll teach you. Yes. But I'm not going to do it if you're just leaning on a broom watching me work. Yep. I'm not teaching you shit. 100%. If if they're not interested in it, you got a pretty good idea. It's like the next thing that comes along where he can sit down and do nothing or something. They're taking it. Yep. And I just wasted all the time. I might as well do it on my own. That's, That's the crazy part about the trades right now. You got insanely skilled people shoveling. Yeah. Yep. You know? Because there's nobody else there to do it. Yep. And, nope. and everybody's just sick of, you know, am I going to seriously teach this guy how, how to how to drive a, an excavator or run a bulldozer or whatever, you know? No, because the guy's going to disappear before he even gets good at it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest things, my pet peeves, man, is guys, they'll show up in labor and they're like, man, I just want I just want to be an operator. Yeah. I just, right. just want to run the machine. And I'm like, you're 101, dude. If you're not here fucking doing the labor... We're out doing the fucking labor. Like, yep. And if you're not willing to do the labor, you don't need to go into the fucking machine. I'm well, sorry. I mean, until you understand what's going on in the trench, you can't right. run the excavator. Right. No. How no. do you know what's going on? Yeah. You don't know where this guy's going to no. be or what's going to happen. It goes back to your pressure sewer story. Yeah. The kid with the pressure sewer. If yeah. he didn't know how to run that shovel, yeah. you would have showed him with the excavator what that pressure sewer yes. was going to do to him. So we had a force main we were we were given to expose. Mm-hmm. And I have this this 18, 19 year old kid that he's my laborer. Mm-hmm. So we go over there and I got a I got a 420 backhoe with nice sharp teeth on it. Yep. And so Good I work. said, All right, I'm gonna take two little passes here and then you're gonna shovel and you're gonna show me what's down there before I take my next passes. Mm-hmm. And so we do that twice. And <sighs> shoveling's hard. And so he's <laughs> like, Well, why don't you take one more? I said, Do you do you know what a force main is? No. I said, it's a pipe pressurized with shit. (laughs) So if I puncture that, my window's closing right now. I'm going to be just fine. But you're standing two feet away from my bucket. So when I punch through that, baby, you're going to be covered in shit water. You want me to take another pass? (laughs) No, I'll dig it. (laughs) Okay. And that's why it's important to be in the trench. It's 100%. He learned a valuable lesson that day. If anyone mentions a force main from now on, he ain't going to be aggressive because now he understands. Yeah. I mean, if you, that's just impossible. You can't, that's why I find kind of awkward about like union, union operating, you know, you're going to go learn how to run an excavator when you don't know Any of the what's groundwork. going on, you know, 100%. You have they don't no even know, idea what they're doing. They don't even know what infrastructure is or yes. how it works. Yep. That's all right. They give them a one week course on it. You don't realize what the fucking paint marks are on the ground. They give them a one week course on how to read blueprints and how to use a laser and grade rod. You should be good by then, right? A week? New construct. They're good for new construction. That's it. Yeah. New construction stops over time, right? Like we're getting into the era now of old construction has to be brought up back to new. But even new construction, you get an apprentice out on that have been through some of the union courses, they don't know shit. They've, they've got a little bit of book knowledge. It's the equivalent of, of what you were talking about with the civil engineer not know how to build a building. Just because you went and sat in a class does not mean when I start, and I can do it every time, when I start talking tenths and hundreds on a grade rod with an apprentice who has done nothing but the courses, 
eyes glaze over and they have no fucking idea. I mean, everything has its benefits, but just like if you're getting in the trades, remember that, you know, there's not when things slow down, there's not always, you know, a bulldozer that needs to be run full time, you know, right by everybody. You right. Know? So, I mean, there's a big benefit to working for uh, to working for somebody that's multifaceted, you know, there's yes. there's they're going to get there. You know, there's going to be something to do. Might not be what you want to do. Right. But there'll be something. It's going to keep you, know? you working. It's going to keep you busy and for it's sure. going to keep a check on the table. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of guys that are calling their shots on what kind of equipment they want to be in and what kind of this and that. But like I said, it sucks to start again when that company, you know, and those big companies, you know, not trying to talk anybody out of work for a big company, but you're just the number, man. Yes, I mean, it, 100%. It, when that job's over with, you, they don't give a fuck if you're you stick done. around. Yeah. You're staying yeah. home, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Multi-function, man. Well, uh, I'm just going to call it because we are sitting at two hours on this baby. We have managed to make two hours out of this. That's pretty. That's two episodes. <laughs> part A and part B. That's right. <laughs> well, Grant, thanks for being on, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. We appreciate the conversation. Was it as scary as we initially made it sound? Uh, no, not really. That's good. Even with the game. Yeah, we started off strong. We, I feel like we did. God damn it, that was a nice game. You would. Now everybody knows wow. how to take a shower with Don. <laughs> with Don dish soap. Yeah. I did what? Now I will say I was totally correct. That is quite telling. A man who showers with Don Dish Soap. Like, I feel like we really got to know you careful right off the bat. The, careful with the bubbles, though. It gets all out. Crazy. I would imagine. Yeah. I bet it would. Does it ever right spill up. out of the shower? Like, the bubbles just start... What? You can't... It's in the tub, dude. I'm so dirty, I got to soak. Oh! <laughs> no, wait a second, a second. Let's, uh, We're going to stop that music. Wait, like a a wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You're your bath man. I had envisions of you no, standing no, no. in the shower with yeah. a fucking mountain of soap. Yeah, no, you're no. a bath man. Would not work well with just a shower, you know? I can't, I can't do the bath, man. Gotta soak. I nope. can't do it. No. All right. Well, you got to take a shower after the bath. That well, makes what? Sense. No, I'll, 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 I'll send you I'm some gonna, pictures. This I look, man, I look seriously. Well, yeah. Make sure you make sure you do the Vaseline blur on it. There'll be bubbles <laughs> on the top of the tub. Okay, you know? all right. <laughs> I've seen Grant at the end of a work day. He is the dirtiest. I guy do feel like job. you know you're going from a tub to the shower. I feel like you're. Do you have a deluxe car wash set up in your bathroom? Actually, I do. I'll send you a picture. It's actually my tub is in the shower. Do you have to? So you don't have to dry off. No. Nope. See, because I, no, I'll do I set that it like up. It. I set it up where when I built, you know, so I built, we bought a house that was built in 1924 and I redid it, turned two bedrooms and uh, uh, three bedrooms into one bedroom with a bathroom in it upstairs. So there's literally a room that's all tile and the tub is in the shower and you could sit in the tub and watch TV out the opening. <laughs> And then when you get out, do you have like the four fucking blowers hitting you like hundred mile an hour winds? You're just instantly dry. No, there wasn't enough room for that, so we just got towels like everybody. You've combined three <laughs> fucking bedrooms, yeah. and there's not enough room for. Well, I mean, a bedroom in 1924 is not a bedroom. Of I guess today. that's true. That's true. Okay, we're gonna end on that note. That was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, thanks again, Grant. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, thank you guys as always for listening. I don't really have any outro words of wisdom to say. We're just we're just gonna outro this baby. <laughs> you guys have a great week and we'll catch you next week on Sweat and Grind, baby. See ya. Peace.